Welcome into the Sports Block Podcast. The NFL draft is over, and we have plenty to react to that. NBA and NHL playoffs are going on as well. Big podcast this week here, hopefully. Uh, none better to do that with than my good friend and co-host, the sports director at KORN Radio in Mitchell, South Dakota, Travis Crins. Travis, how we doing? Doing good. Uh, Mother Nature thinks, uh, thinks the draft is still going on. Very windy out. Very, very windy. Um, but it's supposed to get nice, so there we go. But uh, shots of rain throughout the next couple of weeks, which is nice. Need some rain. We'll dry out there. It's over like a half inch above average for precipitation in Mitchell. You know, considering all the snow we've got, you'd think it'd be more, but, you know, snow melts. There, that's what Mississippi River flooding in parts. But, yeah, we'll, we'll need some rain here pretty soon, so. Yep, uh, I believe what they say, 12 inches of snow is equal to one inch of rain. So yes. uh, take that into account there. Uh, before we get going here, uh, this happened a couple of weeks ago, but Noah uh, was with Grandma, and okay. Lake Grandma, I should say, just to clarify which Grandma, and he all of a sudden got very concerned and said, if something happens to Mom or Dad... I don't know how to talk to Travis. For the oh, podcast. no, well, go on Facebook, uh, get, him a, get him a phone of some sorts. Yeah, how would, how would he do it? I, I would get a hold of him. Yeah, I'm just telling you right now that is one of right. his top concerns. If something were to happen to both oh. mom and dad, how is he going to talk to Travis? He doesn't know how. That's a good deal. I'm glad I'm that important on his list of things... Uh, in a, in a worst case scenario, what would happen? Yes, uh, it can maybe live with us. We'll see. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, just keep that in mind. If something were to happen, he he's got to have your contact information and be able to talk to you on the podcast here. And I'm sure there'll be all sorts of questions like, "Have you ever seen a dinosaur?" Or like, "What what's your favorite animal at the zoo?" Uh, do you know the letters of the alphabet? That's some of the stuff that will be happening here. I think kids are kind of, I guess they're fascinated with animals probably at an early age. Yes, that are monster trucks. They, have, they like dinosaurs. They like, you know, truly really like dogs and cats and animals. They like those things. Yes. Yeah. So. I'm sure you're, you're well aware. Yes, <laughs> that, that I am. So we just need to know, you know, just get that out there that that's a potential... Um, okay, if, if you, if you, you've got a couple kids. Yes. I'm sure there's some shows they watch that you're entirely sick of. Yes. Like, why? Let's watch this show again. Like, I prefer we not watch this show again. We've seen it a hundred times. He's gotten into Bluey a lot lately. I'm not a huge fan of Bluey. Peppa Pig was the worst, I believe. Asshole. Um, we have gotten... The, into Scooby-Doo, the original Scooby-Doo, the good Scooby-Doo. So he asks me to watch that with him frequently, and I will watch that whenever. I don't care if I've seen the Mystery Mask mix-up uh, or uh, Foul Play in Funland or the uh, anything like that, any episode like that, I'll see it multiple, multiple times because Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, is awesome, and I'm very happy that he is so into that right now. They got uh, the original Looney Tunes. They 
you watch those? Yes. Oh yeah, and he's he was big into Tom and Jerry for a while. He'd he'd watch Bugs Bunny and Looney Tunes. We we're not gonna do this Uncle Grandpa shit or any of these other awful cartoons that are on right now. Get him back to the old school stuff that we watched. You kind of steer him away. Okay, I don't like this show. I don't want to watch this show. I don't want this on the background. So let's not even give him a chance to even know this thing exists. Yeah, we do that more so with like his tablet if he's watching videos on YouTube or whatnot. Um, I mean, if we're watching Netflix, it's a Zig and Sharko which I, I don't mind at all. It's kind of funny. It's like a modern-day version of Tom and Jerry. Um, I think that one modern-day version of you and Travis on a two-man show. Right? Hey, hey, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> the traveling show. Um, what about else? Uh, Z- uh, Grizzy and the Lemmings, that's kind of a ridiculous show, but, I mean, it's it's fine and whatnot. Uh, what is he what? Misha or Masha and the Bear. Uh, they're not terrible ones. Um, none that I'm like, oh my god, please stop. Um, not yet. Anyway. Yes. Yep. I'm sure there will be shows, though, coming up. I'm like, eh, not going to happen. And, and you know what? Jason's probably going to be into something completely different. But, um, that's, that's for perhaps a, a year or so down the line here. Uh, try and not get him fixated on the tablet or electronics here right away. Maybe um, join the fantasy league when he's eight. Yeah, p- p- well, potentially, potentially, you never know. Uh, yeah. Certainly, filling out the brackets and stuff for money by the time you know they're you know six, seven, something like that. Um, but but we'll see. Uh, somewhat a lot to get to here this week. Uh, uh, NFL draft is in the books. NHL playoffs, big stuff happening there. The NBA playoffs are entering their second round. Uh, Major League Baseball season is a month in. So uh, I hope you have your award show or awards ready here this uh, this week because we have uh, we have to give out the the hitter and the pitcher of the uh, week. So we'll get. To- How about this? I'll do I'll do alternating weeks. We'll do a pitcher. Or a- I guess a hitter this week, and I'll do a pitcher next week, and go back and forth. Okay, because initially, we, I think we had said we would just do a hitter and pitcher of the month. You want to... Yeah, we'll do... We'll try to do that. Maybe I want to do, like, every couple, every two weeks, maybe, but mm-hmm. instead of that, we'll just alternate. Yeah, that works. So it's fine of every two weeks. That, that, that works for me. That works for me. As long as we have enough players to give awards to, that's, uh, that's what we... That's what we well, they shut for. down the unfortunately they shut down the tea steakhouse a couple years ago. It's a shame. It's a shame. Well, yeah. we thought we might um, get all that barbecue sauce money. We would be able to keep that place well, in business. Charlie has apparently. Uh, I don't want to say he, he used some or maybe invested some of it down when he was in Austin, Texas. Oh, oh. So, for a bachelor party or something like that. So he said the best brisket he's ever had, perhaps. Wow. So uh, put, put the money to good use. That's what that's what it's there for. That so. is true. That is true. And uh, what better place to do that with than in Texas? Though Kansas City might argue with that. They have some very good barbecue, and that is where the NFL draft was this last weekend. And uh, all 259 picks were made. I'm not going to go through each one, of course, but uh, there's a lot I of in- numbers. Numbers uh, 37 were good. I thought 58 was solid, <laughs> and one 191. Also, be great. So, 
Uh, let's go, we'll we'll focus on the Vikings here in a little bit, but let's just start with our mock drafts. Um, not great, not terrible. Um, oh, good. Uh, our group mock draft got first four in a row. That's good. Marcus, uh, Marcus helped out. I changed to CJ Stroud approximately a half hour before it started because at that point odds were heavy. He was going to go number two. And then, um, yeah, you know, B. John Robinson to Atlanta, that was kind of a spot that had been rumored. Yep. So that's really about it. Yeah. Um, I I would say, you know, I, I, I changed mine up in the blog to what we had done last week. But, um, you know, the wide receivers, let's just start at the top. Bryce Young goes number one. Not a big surprise. And then the, the real intrigue, the real mystery was around what Houston was going to do at number two. And they ended up going with quarterback C.J. Stroud, which was, a I think, a great play for them. Get this, I think he's this easily the second best quarterback in that, in that class. There was really no one else after that that could be a legit starter pretty much day one. And then Arizona traded out of the three spot, which is what we all thought was possible. I mean, they were screaming from the rooftops, we want to get out of the spot. But the team that traded up to number three was the surprise team, and that would be the Houston Texans, who end up getting Will Anderson Jr., the uh, the linebacker edge player from Alabama. And so, really, the Texans get their top defense, the top defensive player in the draft, or top two, and one of the best quarterbacks in the draft. So they really couldn't have scripted this much better for them getting those top two players. Will Anderson better be good. They gave up a lot. Yep. Um. Well, they oh, they picked twelve. Yep. They could have got who? Who could they have gotten there? I don't know who they like, but hey. Uh, <clears throat> Not not so strong or deep on linebackers, it looks like. So they gave up a lot. Some people don't like it. Got they give up a first next year. Which I don't I mean, know if it's their first or do they still get a pick from Cleveland for Deshaun Watson? I feel like they do. I see. Yeah, I think it's their first, from what I understand. And if it is, <clears throat> that'll be high. Like, like Arizona's looking at having the top two picks next year. Yes. Yep. And, I mean, you take Caleb Williams or whatever quarterback you like, and then you take the receiver, Marvin Harrison, 1-2. That would, uh, you know, if Houston gets those top two picks, yep. that's probably what they would do. Yep. And I'd say goodbye to Kyler Murray. So, they gave up a lot, and obviously I hate when people say, oh, this team did well, this team didn't do well. You know, we'll we'll see what these picks become, but if let's say Will Anderson is very good, let's say he's one of the best linebackers in football, mm-hmm. then it might work out. But let's say Houston, Arizona takes ends up taking Marvin Harrison Jr., somebody really good <clears throat> with their pick, and he turns out really good. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a wash. But yeah, they they apparently wanted him pretty bad. Well. There is one clear winner of the NFL draft, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles, who just absolutely, I mean, do they have to trade up from 10 to 9? Big whoop. I mean, that cost them, what, a fourth-round draft pick? a third. It didn't matter. They get Jalen Carter, probably widely considered the best prospect 
uh, in the draft class, but because of the character issues, they had to, you know, he, he slid. And there's probably no better spot than Philadelphia. You think about what they have uh, from last year. Jordan Davis, big defensive tackle. N'Kobe Dean, linebacker. So he goes into a spot where he's already got teammates there that can maybe keep him in check a little bit. And then at pick 30, just... Just lay, just laying out there in the open is Nolan Smith, one of the, a really good linebacker from Georgia. They get him. They don't even have to trade for that. I don't know how Nolan Smith fell that far. I had him going pick eight to Atlanta. Uh, so the Eagles get him. So two great Georgia def- defensive players. They get two good picks in the second round, and then uh, Kelly uh, Kelly Wingo Ringo, excuse me, the cornerback from Georgia goes to Philadelphia in the fifth. The fourth round. So start start growing hedges at the link. Just start calling them the Philadelphia Bulldogs because the Georgia Bulldog to Philadelphia Eagle Express is alive and well. I just the Eagles masterful. Oh, and by the way, they get DeAndre Swift for an exchange of seventh round picks and a fifth round next year. I mean, come on. Yeah, good running back for nothing. Jalen Carter fell. I don't know how he fell to nine. Everybody thinks he's the best player in the draft. So, yeah, Eagles, they got their quarterback a couple of years ago for nothing in the second round. Yeah, there, there's no holes on this team, and they just continue to stockpile young defensive players to replace their old defensive players. And the NFC is very weak right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the Eagles, they are the favorite, I would assume, to yes. get back and maybe win the entire thing because – I don't know, the good teams just do this. Yeah, Jalen Carter's there. It's like, yeah, you pick them. Like, don't, don't overthink it. So it's, who, who took, uh, who took the, that Wilson? Who took him? It was a Tyree Wilson. Who, what, like the, the, the Raiders. The Raiders took him at seven. I mean, that's just a Raiders pick. Some guy that, you know, has a foot issue and hasn't really done much. Of course, the Raiders will pick him. Like, why wouldn't they take Jalen Carter? Well, I don't. Right. Well, why would they? Why would the Raiders take Wilson when they have Chandler Jones and Max Crosby? I mean, I get you know, if he's the best player on your board, maybe maybe that's or at that that point, that's why you take him. I mean, I mean, for goodness sakes, he's got you know such a wide wingspan. You have to chase quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. So the best way to do that is to beef up beef up the defensive line. But I thought the Raiders could have gone elsewhere with their pick. Or the uh, yeah. They should have. They should have taken Jalen Carter. They should have. Yeah. And if you're the Bears, why would you trade? Pick up an to extra get, pick. To get a fourth-round pick, what the hell is that going to do? You never know. Yeah, apparently they want an offensive tackle. They could have used Jalen Carter. But no, he goes yeah. to the Eagles. So the Bears, I'm sure, knew who the Eagles wanted. Mm-hmm. And they were perfectly fine giving it to them. Or essentially a meaningless draft pick, and they signed an offensive tackle. Yeah, boy. Yep. I mean, you get the maybe they say they get the guy they were looking for to protect Justin Fields, and yes, come in, come in, sir. It is Noah. Noah, welcome to the podcast. What do you? What would you like to talk to Travis about? About what's my favorite thing, sir? Oh, there's the dinosaur question. So get on up here and uh, ask Travis uh, 
Uh, are you asking what his favorite dinosaur is, or what he want? You want him to guess what your favorite dinosaur is? Yeah. Hi, Travis. How are you? Can you. I want you to guess what's my favorite dinosaur that makes with it with a long crust on its head. That a long, with a long crust. A long, bowing crest on his head. Well, uh, the crest on his head. Is that uh, the short guy? No. What do they call, do they call the uh, short guy? The, I'll uh, give you a clue. Oh, okay. What's the clue? I the tricer triceratops. Is my see somebody? Dinosaur. Yeah. It has the crust on its head, and it has a tail, and it has these kind of feet, and it has triceratops. Shorter hands. Sh shorter hands. Okay. And and then it has a. And then it has a little bit of horned tail. And a what, about a, what about a T-Rex? No, not a T-Rex or a Triceratops. Um, no, can you give him any other hint or do you just want to it's tell It's a Parasaurolophus! Parasaurolophus. Is that right? Yeah, because it has the well, longest tail. Look at this guy. Who is this guy? Oh, yeah, I, I've never heard of him. He looks familiar to me. Uh, yeah, the guy with the thing on his head. It's, uh... I want to really walk land. They're not a meat-eater. Guess what they are? They don't. They are, uh, they're a herbivore. They like plants. Yes! That's right. Thank you, Google. Thank you, Google, for that. <laughs> there you go. Good job. Uh, Noah, got any other questions at all for Travis? What's my favorite zoo in? What's it? What's this? What's oh? Apparently, it's trivia day today. Okay. What's Noah's favorite zoo animal? Well, uh, we've had this before. Too. I think. Yep, I think so. It might have yeah. changed since then, though. Maybe, maybe a bear. A bear? Maybe cat. Yeah, maybe big cat. Ah! Scared! I'm scared of bears. Oh, you're scared of bears. Well, so is the city of Chicago. Um, yeah. So are the Vikings in November. That's very true. On Monday night, no less. On Monday night, November twelfth. What, can you um, give them another hint, or? about a gorilla? I like the gorillas. They're huge gorillas. Ah, I don't like gorillas anymore. Oh, no. How many How many times have you been to the zoo? How many times have you been to the zoo? Like, two times. Three or four times? Two, yeah, it's been a handful of times. At least five, I would say. Uh, what's your, just tell them what your favorite animal is. It's a giraffe. A giraffe. It's so much a giraffe long necks. I've been meeting giraffes a long, long time ago. No. Oh, they kind of look like a dinosaur. That that they do. Very long neck. Noah, what movie did we see this weekend? The Mario movie. The Mario movie. Very good. Very good. Was it good? I mean, this has been highly recommend. Stunned me how, how big this movie gets. What, uh, Noah, what was what did you say when we walked out of the theater about the movie? It was the best movie ever. Best movie ever. What what uh, what what is the storyline here? Well, okay, I don't want to give anything away regarding the storyline because are they trying to find the find somebody or save somebody? Well. They're trying oh, they, they race cars. There are there is car racing in there. Um, the storyline is not what I thought it would be. I'll just say that. Uh, but it ties in together real well. They're trying to save the Mushroom Kingdom, and uh, so uh, you have elements of 
Like Mario Kart, uh, Mario Party, regular Mario, Mario 64, um, music's in there. You got some Donkey Kong, some Diddy Kong Racing, very, very, a lot of different elements. I mean, did you play a lot of Mario growing up? Yes. So I think that... I, I, I was just Super Nintendo. I didn't have anything other than that. I went from Super Nintendo and I didn't have middle school, high school... Everybody else had PlayStations. I, I did not. I got a PlayStation probably in college. Yeah. But I, uh, video, video games aren't huge. I play on the computer a lot sometimes, play Madden or something like that. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would recommend going to see it. I mean, it's just the nostalgia from our Daddy, childhood, I think, when is... When we're done on the podcast, yeah. can we play some three games of Smash? Yes, we can. Yep, when I'm done on the podcast, I play three games of Smash. And I would imagine there's got to be another one coming out as far as this one. Yeah. Um, uh, no, do, you, do you have any Madden. other questions at all for Travis this week? What's, what is my favorite game to play? Favorite game to play? Video game? Is it a video game? No. No. Okay. It's a normal game. It's a normal game. So like a board game? Yeah. Yeah, it's a board game. Guess who? Is it guess who? Yeah. You it's a, okay. try to guess it. Well, is it guess who? That's what we're asking. Yeah, but you gotta guess it. That, that, okay, it's you not... You gotta guess the board game. It's not guess who. Is it Candyland? Candyland. No. No. Shoots and ladders. Always a favorite of mine. Shoots and ladders. Mm-mm. Um. Is it uh, the uh, don't break the ice? No, that's not board game. Oh, okay. It's a stand game. Okay, I'm sorry. That, that's silly, silly of me. Uh, can you can you just tell us? Sorry. Sorry. Sorry also, also a great game. Yes. yes. That's very true. Very true. Watch out! Here goes soon. All right. Uh, anything else, Noah? If... Uh, no. Oh. Okay. Nothing else there. Well, thank you, Noah, for making an appearance on the podcast this week. We greatly That's appreciate it. it. And uh, when it comes to sorry, do you play where you have to like when you slide across the board? You have to land on it. Yes. Let me slide you can to go one, two, three, slide, four, five, six. Like, no. Oh, uh, wait. If it's a seven, yeah. I guess you can split it up. A seven can be split. A seven can be split, but yeah, but it's like. If it's you have six. to land on the arrow and stop there to slide. You can go one, two, three, slide, four, five, six. Yeah, yep. You can't go. You, you just have to count it all the way. You can't slide it and then count the rest of it unless it were a seven. Um, it, you'd have to land exactly on it. Good. Good. All Good right. Uh, so anyway, uh, let's go back to the draft here. Um, so the the Eagles did outstanding. Uh, the, the Packers, uh, Aaron Rodgers shouldn't feel bad now after what the Packers did to Jordan Love in the first round, taking Lucas Van Ness, the linebacker from Iowa. Done? I don't know, but I'll, you're, you delaying me won't help matters, so I'll come get you when I'm done. Okay? Catch. Okay. I still, I, All right. Okay, I'll come get you when I'm done. I still want to be in 
they, they did. Uh, they did what they did take the tight end from Oregon State who had like seven catches last year. And they did take then, Tucker Craft, which I was planning to get a jersey for for Dad, Tucker Craft, but. Um, Dad, but now I can't I can't get a green and yellow jersey and Kelsey absolutely re- says no there is no way you're buying a Packer jersey so that's no, it. Good. Get, talk to your wife to get get some clarification on this I, I mean they, they they really didn't have any tight end so I guess they took two they got a wide receiver whoever the hell this guy is from Michigan State I don't know so Jaden Reed he's he's good um but the, like, like, I'll try Clifford's a waste of a pick. Yeah. Oh, well, they, like, Christ, they had a ton. They had a ton of one. I mean, they had thirteen picks for God's sakes. Yeah, I. Lord. Well, I mean, you can't draft a linebacker. Don't you need to draft a good wide receiver for him? To um. Okay. Yes. Okay. Don't you need a wide receiver to give Jordan Love a boost? I mean, who's he got right now besides Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs? Anyone? I mean, everyone else went to the Jets. Yep. We got two tight ends. We'll see how that works. It just to me it doesn't make sense. But Aaron Rodgers should be like, okay, it's not me. It's just the Packers' philosophy. It is like what they've gone what ten of eleven years or whatever it's been. Once in twenty years they've picked. An offensive player, they they always go defense. Yeah, for some reason. And then the Jets, like you could, th- you would think they would try and get a tackle or something. Maybe that's why Pittsburgh traded up to to nab Broderick Jones from Georgia. But then the Jets go with uh, Will McDonald the fourth from Iowa State. Like that doesn't. Nobody had him in any first round mock draft. He uh, where did we? I didn't even have him going in the first round. Um, and then they take a center, and then they take an offensive tackle in the fourth round. And yeah, of all the areas, like they were a team that needed an offensive lineman or offensive tackle. This was an odd draft where they were there would be runs if a, a receiver. It took a while for the receivers to be taken, mm-hmm. and once they were, they were four in a row. Yes, same with the tackle. Same with any position. The quarterbacks all went early. Yep. Once one position went. They all went. So, again, not a very deep draft. So, if you needed to get one of those top three or four guys, and that first one went, you needed to get there in the next couple picks, or else you were going to miss out on the top two. I was stunned that the the run on tight ends didn't happen in the first round like thought it was. Maybe everyone thought because of the depth they could wait until the second round. Once the second and third rounds came, or started Friday night, that's when the run on tight ends went. But... I mean, to that point, on the wide receivers, first one didn't go until pick 20. I thought the Vikings might might have a shot at Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State. And I was so ecstatic. Yeah. And then the Seahawks take him. It's like, Dad, okay. do you want to meet my plesiosaurus okay. green? Oh, you want to meet the green plesiosaurus? Oh, I mean, I, I, I've, I've never heard of that dinosaur. I see a picture... It looks familiar. I wonder. I couldn't have told you what who it was. How do you? How does? Is it? Was it a video? Because I would have looked at that. I would have no idea how to say that. Uh, we watch. Uh, we read a lot of books. We. Uh, so so we how to say this dinosaur. So that's good. Yeah. Um, I'll take a picture and and, and show it to you. Um, but you know, with back to the draft here, Jackson Smith and Jigba. 
going to Seattle. It's like, oh, the Vikings were two picks, three picks away from getting him. And then the Chargers, I thought Zay Flowers would be better. They're like, no, we're going to go with the same um, the same type of wide receiver that we have with guys that get injured with big Quentin Johnston. I was okay with that. And then Zay Flowers, I was like, okay, Vikings can get him. No, the Ravens nab him. But in all, all in all, the Vikings get Jordan Addison. Addison's a very good wide receiver. He pairs up well with Justin Jefferson. So given what what transpired over those four picks, I'm happy that the Vikings got Addison. I think that was the right way to go. I kind of just I kind of forgotten about him by the time he came up. I'm like, oh yeah, he's still there. Oh yeah, I'm I'm, I'm fine with them picking him. And I thought they might take a cornerback. And that was about it, cornerback or receiver. And yeah, I'm, I think he'll be he'll be excellent. So. And they get his teammate, Makai Blackman, in the third round after they traded down. I mean, they only came into this draft with five picks, and I think they leave with what six. They made six selections. They get they picked up an extra pick for next year. So we'll see what that does, but. You get a cornerback there. You pick up a couple more corners the third day, a defensive tackle. And then I think a very underrated pick here is going to be BYU quarterback Jaron Hall um, from BYU. I think that's a good pick. I'm not saying he's the heir apparent to Kirk Cousins, but we saw what he did at BYU. I think there's a chance he could do it. I think Jordan Addison will do better than Thielen did last year, which was like 70 catches. Agreed. 700, I think he'll be a 1,000-yard receiver. Uh, Makai Blackman, some people like him. Other than that, I don't see anybody doing anything. I think I think Makai Blackman will do will do well. Darren um, Hall, I don't ever think he takes a snap in a game ever. Who? The quarterback. Oh, Jaron Hall. Yeah, I'm, I'm just well, saying. Like, like, at, at that point, it's like, what is the point of picking him? You've got Nick Mullins. I don't like Nick Mullins. I like him. He, like, what if you didn't get Hendon Hooker, then there's no point in taking a quarterback. It seems very obvious to me Kirk Cousins is going to be this team's quarterback for a long time. Like, he's not going anywhere. Yeah. Like he'll be, their, he'll be their quarterback after next year. Like we are stuck with him. Well, that's what uh, Koizy, uh GM for the Vikings, he laid that out as a potential option. He said all options, all uh, everything's out on the table right now. So I think Kirk Cousins has peaked. He's on the downward trend. He didn't. He did not play well, well last year. It was masked by the comebacks and all the wins. Mm-hmm. Like, you look at his stats, he didn't play well. Like, he just disappeared at times in the second quarter, in the yep. third quarter. There was a reason why we had to come from behind so often. 14 interceptions is a career high. 29 touchdowns. It's the I think he second. improves in year two under under Kevin O'Connell. And that's actually, I think, I think that's what we have to wait and see is what the, the level of improvement is from year one to year two under this system with Kirk Cousins and what that tells the Vikings about the future. I'm okay with them not reaching for for anyone. I'm glad, you know, Hendon Hooker goes to the Lions in the third round, and that's a decent pick for the Lions. 
uh, the, I mean, good value there. But, and like we had said last week, he is 25-26. That, to me, isn't a huge deal, but maybe that's a big deal to some teams. Um, and he can sit behind Jared Goff. He's not going to be asked to do anything. I was actually really disappointed. Well, I was happy, but the Lions had two first-round picks. And they, I think, could have put them put a lot of separation between them and the rest of the NFC North. And what do they do? They go. They draft Jameer Gibbs from uh, Alabama, the running back, in the with the twelfth overall pick. So we had two running backs in the first twelve picks. Of course, um, uh, oh boy, uh, Bijan Robinson, the other, going number eight to Atlanta. Um, Yes, Noah. When you're also done on the podcast, can you come see if my Yes, yes, I will. Yep. Um, so you have that, and then pick 18, they take Jack Campbell, linebacker from Iowa. It's like there were other good players out there that could have met your need. And then, you know, second round, they do okay with Sam Laporta and uh, whatnot. So they made up for it a little bit, but... They could have take they could have separated themselves with two different guys from the rest of the NFC North, and I don't think they did that. If anything, it's like, oh, the Lions had that chance and they let it fall through their grasp. Jack Campbell was a guy that not a lot of people had in the first round. I think he'll be good. People don't like him because he what didn't test well, or why don't people? Is he is he too slow? Is he too big? He's a 6'5", 250-pound linebacker. I think he'll be good. Jameer Gibbs was a stunner. But, you know, they get rid of DeAndre Swift, who always seems to be hurt. Like, Jameer Gibbs, he, he should also be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Obviously, defense is what they kind of needed. So, they got Jack Campbell. Okay. He's a good linebacker. You look at the defensive line. Who could they have gotten? Not, I mean, not not just not a good draft for for defensive linemen. There's just nobody there. I mean, outside of Jalen Carter and the uh, the guy from Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. Kalijah Cansey. There's really nobody there. There were were there what five, maybe five defensive linemen taking this entire first round. Um. Yes. Guy from Clemson, uh, Kansas City took a guy. Uh, I guess Cowboys took a guy from Michigan. So maybe six linemen. Kalijah Cansey. People think he's like an Aaron Donald type. Mm-hmm. Um. So they could have maybe taken him. Christian Gonzalez. He dropped quite a ways. Uh, seventeen. So it, it was a surprising draft. Lions' offense is really good. Jared Goff is underrated. If Jameer Gibbs gives them something, who's the other running back they got? Uh, okay. Jamal <clears throat> they got, they got David Montgomery. Yep, from David, the Bear. They, they signed David Montgomery. That's the big one. And whoever they got, whoever they had last year with Swift, who was that? The other guy who's good. Yep. So they got them. And they got, uh, I don't know, I went on St. Brown, who's, who's very good. Yes. So the, this offense is excellent. He can get better defensively. I think Jack Campbell, like he'll play right away. He'll do good. And um, I like I the Brian Branch pick from Iowa. Yep, I like the Brian Branch pick from Alabama. I think that was a, a steal there. But I just 
overall, I think they did okay. Because I just don't think there's like that many guys that are that good in this draft. It's like they're just not. Like not next year, next year with the quarterbacks, you're going to go crazy. Yep, and I'm not. This year, it's just. Eh. I'm not, I'm not saying that the Lions did a terrible job, but I thought they could have di- put some distance between them. Who would you, who would you I mean, who would you have picked? Let, okay, let, let me You could have taken the, the, the defensive tackle from Pitt. You could have taken him. Uh, I would have. At 18 or 12. Yep. Um, boy, if I'm looking, I honestly, I maybe could use another wide receiver. Um, Christian Gonzalez was there. Don't they need some cornerback help? They, I know they signed a couple of cornerbacks in the off season. Um, but you know, with Jamison Williams suspended the the first six games and they, you know, that gambling issue and whatnot, I could have seen you know Jackson Smith and Jigba or another wide receiver there uh, go. Um, yeah, like you said, Kalijah Canty would have been. An excellent choice. Like, if they don't take Jake Campbell at 18, is he still there when they pick in the, in the second round, number three overall? Potentially, maybe. I think so. I mean, so yeah, you had, and Dalton Kincaid was there. I, Dalton Kincaid's better than Sam Laporta. He just is. Um, I, yeah, I even thought Michael Mayer. I, that's, I, I think, a, gr- a good pick by the Raiders. You lose Darren Wall, you pick up this guy from Notre Dame. A guy who kept falling. I, I, I just think the Lions could have done more. I think they could have drafted better players for their team than what they did at 12 and 18. They still got good players, but I think there were better options. And I think now it's not, you know, if you're looking at the NFC North, it's a, it's a two-horse race between Detroit and Minnesota. And rather than, oh, Everyone's kind of chasing the Lions, which is a little unbelievable. Now it's like, okay, you it's a 50-50 toss-up between Minnesota and Detroit. And I guess maybe we'll throw in Green Bay just in case uh, Jordan Love does something, but I, I don't really think so. Uh, so, yeah, that was it was just weird to me that Detroit had an opportunity, and I don't think they seized it. I think they got three starters out of the steal, so I think that's good. And maybe Endon Hooker will be their quarterback in a couple of years. So I think maybe an odd draft, but I think they got good guys. Yeah, I'm not again. I'm not saying that it was a bad draft. I just think they could have gotten better ones. So um, yeah, anything else that we need to get to regarding the NFL draft? It was good to see Will Levis drop because he just isn't very good. So he goes from some barrel. He'll go in the top five, top ten. He doesn't go to the second round. And he goes to Tennessee, and, like, their offense is terrible. Like, who is he ever going to throw to? Mm-hmm. And they've given up on Malik Willis. Ryan Tannehill's about done. Tennessee could be very bad this year. This is the perfect spot for Will Levis to be absolutely terrible. <laughs> I meant to, I, I feel like I mentioned him and Jake Locker a lot. I was just going to say Jake Locker went uh, played at Tennessee, and he goes to Jake Locker's team. So yeah, he 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 went to one of the worst teams you could maybe go to if you're a quarterback. 
But at the same time, Tennessee gets a quarterback that many assumed would they would have to take in the first round. They were able to get him in the second round. So, but but he sucks. I mean, that's but at least you know you say, oh, you got in that second round versus the first. Um, like again, I I hate Zach Wilson, and like he would be like he plays like he's a seventh rounder. Like him and Brock Purdy, like you would assume Brock Purdy was the second pick in the draft, mm-hmm. and that Zach Wilson was the last pick in the draft. You would go to somebody and say one of these two was the second pick and one was the last. Which one was it? And you go, of course, Brock Purdy. He is the second pick, and Zach Wilson's the last. Pick. So that's how they have played. Uh, very cool moment in the sixth round where. Uh, Deuce Vaughn, running back from Kansas State, gets drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. His dad works for the Cowboys as like a scout or something. He called. He made the call to Deuce, saying that uh, you know he was going. Uh, he was going to be a cowboy, and so that was a really cool moment there. Um, other stuff there throughout the draft as well. But the NFL draft in the books. Kansas City, great job. Uh, any final thoughts on the NFL draft? I watched full football focus on the first night. Didn't really watch anything the rest of the weekend. But they had concerts this year and music. I don't need any of it. I hate it. <laughs> I loathe it. Well, it's for the fans that are there. Even if I was there, I'd say, this sucks. <laughs> we didn't go to any of the concerts when we were at the Final football. Four. Huh? We didn't go to any of the concerts when we were at the Final Four. No, they had a stage. I don't give a goddamn who's playing music for the fucking sporting events so i would have a terrible time there Pro football focus they've got four guys on the desk they let you know who the pick is they let you know what they like about them mm-hmm. what they don't like about them how he fits what their opinion that's all i need i don't need the lights and the glamour and the guest pickers and the analysts who don't know a goddamn thing what was it mel kiper got one pick right Daniel, Daniel Jeremiah, he was the best, and he got all of six right. He got the uh, Houston trading up to get two and three correct. That's a big one. That is That's a big, a big one. one. And other than that, like no, none of these guys, like how we did better than they did. How, how do we do better than they do? <laughs> I got five, you got what, four, five. Well, okay, so does it count if, you know, because I had Joey Porter Jr. going to yeah. the Steelers. They they take him with the first pick in the second round. He didn't go at seventeen, but he does. I count it. Okay, he got the he went to. Okay, uh, I got the order went to the Steelers. I got the Giants. The yeah. I got the Giants taking Deontay Banks from Maryland. I mean that's uh that's in the twenties. That's that's good. I went a little off the the board here with um, you know. Like how do we? Like how does that happen though? I don't know. These guys are insiders. They know what's going on, and maybe they submit their draft a couple days before. But they're supposed to know stuff. Mm -hmm. But they're not any more accurate than any random fucking person. Like, how how is that? So why do we care? Oh, here's here's so-and-so's mock draft in January or February or March or April. Yeah, I I don't know. What do I give a shit? Oh, Todd McShay has this guy going number eight. All right, fuck if I care what he's doing. It ain't going to be right anyway, so what do I give a shit? 
Oh, you just... saw Henry Hooker going, and a lot of people had Henry Hooker going to the Vikings. Yep. Well, some people had Jordan Anderson there, so it wasn't a it wasn't a surprise. But but yeah, one guy got six right, and that's the most anybody got right. This was a very unpredictable year for the draft, as we had mentioned, and I think it just gets some water cooler talk. More than it is, just people talking about stuff, and they give out the grades. People like what the Eagles did. People like uh, what Seattle did. And again, we will see what happens. Mm-hmm. Julio Jones got traded. The Atlanta gave up a, just a ton of picks to the Browns. Mm-hmm. At the time, it seemed ridiculous. But then the Browns didn't pick anybody worth they they picked Brandon Whedon. <laughs> they picked Greg Little, receiver. Mm-hmm. They picked two or three other guys that weren't any good. So in the end, yes, they they did well. The, the Falcons. That's a Falcons won the trade. Well, and how Most about people, the Chiefs jumping from twenty-seven to ten to get back? Big, big jump. Big jump. Or who? The Chiefs. Yeah, the Chiefs to get Mahomes. Yeah. I mean, I would say that's worked out. Uh, really and, and, and a lot of people don't like what Houston did getting Will Anderson. Because I think it's that potential of, oh, they got, they're going to give a first-round pick to this other team. Well, yeah, but who is it going to be? Right. And where, where are they going to pick at? Mm-hmm. We don't know. So who did who'd Seattle get for Russell Wilson? Uh, they got, they got uh, who they, well, they, uh, Devin Witherspoon from Illinois, okay. the cornerback. When people like him, people think he was clearly the top quarterback. Mm-hmm. Let's see how he does. And Detroit, who, who did they give up? Uh, what, uh, for, Detroit, uh, Stafford, they get. Well, Detroit had six, and then they traded down to 12, and that's where they took Jameer Gibbs. They got him and whoever else they got in that trade. So we'll see how that works out mm-hmm. for Stafford. So a lot of people want to say, well, this was a bad trade. Again, you just got to wait and see mm-hmm. who actually, because nobody goes back and actually looks. All right, who's, I mean, the Arizona one will be a bit more obvious because it'll be a high pick. Yep. So, and if you're Houston, wouldn't you, boy, I don't know. I, I would probably want next year's pick. Is it likely be in the top five? I don't think C.J. Stroud's going to be any good. But at the very least, you can trade that pick. I don't know why they moved up for Will Anderson. Like, he better end up being pretty good. He better end up being... Oh, I think he will. I think he'll be very good. And you have D'Amico Ryans as a head coach. Who better to learn the linebacking scheme than D'Amico Ryans? I, I think that's... Being... You need a cornerstone on your defense. Will Anderson can do that. He'll provide that. So I would think Will Anderson at two... I just don't think C.J. Stroud's going to be any good. Yeah. Bryce Young goes to Carolina. They just don't have any weapons. And I think yeah. C.J. Stroud will be good. So, um, but there again, I that, that's the difference of opinion. Uh, I don't think he'll be good. I don't, I don't think he'll ever get him in the playoffs. So, Is that like next year you got Caleb Williams. You got uh, Drake May. You know what I mean? Yes. Yep. Yeah, him, that'll be the debate one versus two. I saw a draft, the Vikings picking in the 20s like they usually do, getting the, the Texas quarterback, Quinn Ewers. Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't know about that. He had, uh, what, Michael Penix from Ooh. Washington. He went, he went in the first round. 
I feel I like I'm missing some some I, one I, other guy. I'm missing some other guy. I do like Michael Penix Jr. He is. He's all right. I feel like I'm missing one other quarterback for next year. Bo Nix. Fuck me. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Um, so, mission. Oh, uh, Vikings got with some guy from Army who had a lot of sacks on drafting free agent. They got, a, I think that's a very good get too. And Jake, oh, they got and, some other guy that I like. Uh, Jay, uh, is it the kicker Jake Podlosny from Georgia? No. Oh, I like that pick. They got some other. I think a safety or a cornerback from somewhere free agent. So, I'm not real optimistic. About the Vikings because the offensive line, like if they have one injury, they're like done. Mm-hmm. Christian Darius always gets hurt. And we saw how bad they were at the end of the year when their offensive line took a hit. Defense has got to be better. We got a lot of unproven defensive backs. You got Lewis Seen, who's basically going to be a, basically a rookie this year, so. You add him, him to the mix. Defense, I don't like the defensive line at all. I think Marcus Davenport sucks. Daniel Hunter's kind of up and down. Defensive tackles are, I'd say, pretty, pretty below average. Mm-hmm. They really didn't address the defensive line much at all. Well, it took a, it took a defensive tackle from LSU. But, but didn't you say that there wasn't a lot of depth there? A lot of good guys? So you have to go other places. I guess, like, we just didn't need a quarterback, and we don't need a running back, and they took a quarterback and running back late. You've got a quarterback who will never, ever play, and you've got a running back who I think will never, ever play. So what, what were, you know, six, seventh round picks? Unless you trade Dalvin Cook. Who was the guy last year that did good in the preseason? Chandler? Uh no, uh they they cut him. Um, I know he was a guy from Kentucky. Was he like Rose or something? Still around. So if you trade Cook, like if it's anything other than a second round pick, then you keep him because there's no reason to get rid of Cook if you're only going to get a the fiftieth pick. That's what you took him at mm-hmm. five years ago. And as we saw, there's just I would just love to build a team. Trading for guys like DeAndre Swift. Trading for, there's been a few receivers that have been traded. What was, uh, Brandon Cooks, what did he go for, like a fifth rounder, sixth yeah. rounder? Yeah, yep. I would love to build off of that. If the salary works out and the salaries are baloney anyway. So, yeah, use your fifth, sixth round picks to get established guys who are good. And then with but, the undrafted free agents and stuff. So Yeah. I feel like the Vikings are just not very deep. If they have injuries, they're going to be in trouble. We'll see. We'll see. I'm, you're being a little Debbie Downer on them right now. I'm not willing to go quite that far yet. Um, It'd be hard to not make the playoffs in the NFC. Yep. But I don't think it's out of the – I don't think it's – It's not It's not set in stone. It's not ridiculous. Yeah, I just don't – Considering if this is the end of the offseason, I don't think they're any better than last year. I I think the great they're unknown the is and then, I think the great unknown is how Brian Flores is going to do defensively. 
and I think yeah, he's a great defensive coordinator. And then that helps. I, I, and I think that's the that's the big key. Like offensively, they didn't lose anything. If if anything, they got better because you sub Jordan Addison in for Adam Thielen. So you get you lose your best cornerback in Patrick Peterson. Like if he was back, yes, I'd feel a lot better. Yep. It's and you know, if Lewisine is good, then I like that. Yeah, it's it's all about staying healthy for the defense and as you said to the offensive line. Um, yeah, uh, they just the uh, forty three trades made in the NFL draft. That's a record, and also. The uh, Anthony Richardson pick to the Colts, and then Colts over oh, yeah. Jim Ursay saying like, "Oh yeah, he, he can be the starter and whatnot." Like that's a lot of pressure to put on your rookie head coach, and you have Gardner Minshew. Let Let's ease Anthony Richardson in. If anything, do like the what the 49ers did with Trey Lance a little bit. Just design some plays for him, but so he can come in and make a difference. But let Gardner Minshew take take things over for a little while. Maybe Anthony Richardson. I thought the Vikings may trade up for him if he was the one guy. I was afraid they might trade up for if he fell past ten or twelve. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he's just he's just terrible at throwing the football, which is a very important part of being quarterback. And he talks a big game, and he says he's going to be great, and he says he's going to work hard. I think it's unprecedented for somebody like him to be good. I don't think anybody's been as bad as he has and has been good. So, now that we know that Will Levis is going to Tennessee, mm-hmm. I think he'll be as awful as any quarterback that we've seen. Zach Wilson, Jay Clocker, put him right in there. Yeah. Well, Bryce Young should be good. C.J. Stroud. I don't think we'll be good. We'll wait and see. Maybe. Bijan maybe. will be good. I'm 50-50 on him, maybe 70-30, probably no. I think Anthony Richardson will also be awful because he just doesn't have the tools that you need. Yeah. That, uh, one, one, one more NFL note before the NFL goes to a, to a hibernation, hopefully. Nope, 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 nope. Next week we got the big schedule release, so we got – Oh, fuck me. Fuck me. <laughs> We got two more um, weeks of NFL. I, I, uh, I haven't heard anything. I haven't heard a goddamn thing. I just Googled it. I put into Google, Lamar Jackson, smart, no agent. Ugh. And all that comes up are all these articles from a month ago saying how stupid Lamar Jackson is because he doesn't have an agent. Sports Illustrated, Lamar Jackson is proving why players, including himself, need agents Ravens free agency Lamar Jackson has no agent and it's killing his career Mark Florio why Lamar Jackson not having an agent gives teams reason to stay away well Lamar Jackson hired an agent now end of March no he's not going to hire an agent he doesn't have one he didn't need one Everybody said how stupid he was because he didn't have one. And what it got him was the largest contract ever in football history. He'll make $52 million next year, which is the most ever. Why doesn't anybody come out and say, Lamar Jackson, you're a genius. You didn't have an agent. You got a five-year deal, $250 million. 
biggest per year average ever. You did it by yourself. You didn't have an agent. You don't have to give him five or 10%. All these people ready to pounce on him a month ago. He wanted to trade. They weren't going to sign him. He was going to sit out a year. None of that happened. He signed it before the draft, the richest deal ever. And I haven't heard, and I cannot find an article on the vast internet of anybody saying Lamar Jackson, I apologize. You knew what you were doing. We were all wrong. Oh, see, I don't think he knew what he was doing. And I got a feeling that we're not going to get that because people were wrong. He didn't have an agent. What did he need an agent for? He got what he wanted. He didn't get the Deshaun Watson fully guaranteed deal, which nobody is ever, ever going to get again. But he got what Jalen Hurts got, which is fine. And he, five years, $250 million, $75, million, $80 guaranteed. Mm-hmm. He did it. So who, nobody's going to come up and say, you know what? I was wrong. He didn't need an agent because people aren't going to say, "Yep, I was wrong." I think he. De- I think he needed an agent because we wouldn't have gone through all the rigmarole for this. This deal would have gotten done well in advance. Um, I think it would have maybe changed some of the free agency plans if you had signed that deal earlier. I he could have done it last year before. Like he could have maybe gotten more if he hadn't gotten hurt last year. If he had had an agent to negotiate the deal with him. So he got his money, and that's great. Um, I think he should have still had an agent. So I'm glad he got his money. Uh, but that won't change the fact for me that he should have had an agent. We wouldn't have gone through this whole saga. Did it benefit him in the end? Do they sign Odell Beckham Jr. if they sign... They signed Lamar Jackson last year. The dog ate. Would they have signed Odell Beckham? Would they have taken Zay Flowers? Seems to me like they wanted to. Hey, we got Lamar Jackson. Let's make him happy. I think that, yes, I think that's definitely a factor in it. You know, you draft, you're supplying him with more weapons. Also, of note, they have a new offensive coordinator. Uh, uh, Todd Munkin is in. Uh, former offensive coordinator at Georgia. So the, the style of offense is going to be different than it has been in years past. Under I don't know. The end result, I don't know what an agent. He probably made more money without an agent, without having to give him a percentage. It, it's funny how these things get done. When, when they need to get done, they do. When Aaron Rodgers needs to get traded to the Jets, it doesn't happen for months and months and months. Oh, week of the draft. All right, here's here's your picks. Yep. And again, the the Packers absolutely fleece the Jets. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what defensive lineman they take next year. Yep. The twenty fifth pick in the draft. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I mean, Aaron Rodgers. I think he's going to be excellent. I don't want to say the Jets are going to make the Super Bowl, but I feel like they're at least going to win a playoff game. That's so that that AFC is so difficult. I'm going through trying to 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 put the schedule together for myself. You know, just plot lining up like noon, three o'clock games, Sunday night, Monday night, and it's like you know what? 
I, I get that both CBS and Fox this year won't have the AFC NFC designation, so everything's kind of fair game. We're gonna see a lot more AFC teams than we are NFC teams in the late window in prime time. We just are, and that's and, fine. Uh, good, good for Fox to get some of these games. Yeah. It's bad for CBS who would have got most of these games. Yep, I, it, it's the right way to go. It's just a matter of you know how to slot it all. It, it's it's going to be very interesting next week when the schedule comes out, and I'll have plenty more on the schedule next week uh when i, I may have to write something to say you know what lamar jackson i apologize for all the folks who won't because do it nobody's going to like what did i get i got what i wanted and hey you, you think one person out there would say oh you know what yeah it worked out it but did. i guess not but if leaning right up to the gun of the of the nfl draft i like, he wins. Like, Baltimore didn't win. It was a stare down. Like, all right, give me what I want. Give me a lot of money. And, like, they he won. Did Is it a stare down, though? Because the Ravens, like, they said, okay, go off. You know, you're, you're playing on this transition tag. And you're free to, to negotiate with any other team. No one came calling for him. Or if they did, it was just... It wasn't a whole lot of vested interest. The Ravens were his only team. So... The Ravens had no choice but to sign. No, and I, I agree with that, but no Lamar other Jackson team... Jackson called the boss. Say, okay, you don't want to sign me, trade me. Yeah, but there was no other team to compete for no. with the Ravens to ne- potentially negotiate that uh, guaranteed money perhaps a little higher. And I think some of this salary, too, it it's all depends on him staying healthy. He has yet to prove, or he hasn't proven in the last couple of years that he can stay healthy. So that is an issue. We'll see. So, yeah, but uh, yeah, that's good for Baltimore, and I think given the, the weapons now that, that they have on offense, it certainly puts Baltimore in that that second. Okay, team. okay let's say you were were two first round picks for Lamar Jackson, right? That, that would have gotten you. Yep. That, that gets you him basically. Yep. I wouldn't have done it. If you are Houston. I would have done it. If you are... Like, Arizona made a huge mistake with Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. But Arizona, they... They would have two first-round picks. They, they could have gotten more. Like, anybody could have given up this year's first-rounder and next year's first-rounder but then it's the guaranteed money on top of that. That's you need the, to make that work out. That's so. the other part of this equation with the um I, I think the, the, the Colts have just a boatload of money. Yeah, I thought the Colts would have been the the, the a prime spot for them. Who? For the Colts uh, for Lamar Jackson. Yeah, the Colts give up your give up two first rounders. You got Anthony Richardson, that is a wasted pick. You may as well we have picked think, nobody. We think we have to. We, we have to wait. We might have to eat crow on we'll this like we did Josh Allen. Well, well, I'm, I'm all ready to, to eat it up if he does well. So, I think there's a lot of teams that oh two. It's like you no know, two first round picks. Oh my, I can't. As shitty as these teams are picking guys in the first round, like yeah, I, I feel like first round picks are overrated. I, oh, I gave up two of them. Yep. The, the the fucking Texans gave up two for Will Anderson, 
And we have no idea how good he's going to be. He might be great. But it's like, Jesus, at least I know what Lamar Jackson is. In the grand scheme of things, though, the Texans really only gave up one first-round pick. Because they used a first-round pick on Will Anderson. So you sub one and one and just give up one. They, they trade, they swap. So, like, you know, Baltimore couldn't have done anything other than sign them. And, I don't know, they, they got some receivers now. We'll see what happens. Hopefully he can stay healthy. What, he won an MVP his first year he was a starter? Mm-hmm. No. We, I mean, good for him to get, what, $52 million. So, yep. good for him. All right, the NFL draft is in the books. Uh, should we go to the diamond or the hardwood next? Let's go to the ice. Oh, you want to go to the ice. All right. That, hey, I like hearing that. We have a game seven going on right now uh, between the, the Rangers and the Devils. The second round will start on Tuesday. But there is some historic uh, upsets that took place on Sunday. Starting in Boston with the Florida Panthers, the second wild card in the East, taking down the best team in NHL history looking at it point wise win wise that was would be the Boston Bruins they won the final three games of this series they win in overtime in game seven what four to three incredible win for Florida and like there's there's a lot of talk going on about uh, like did Boston choke is that too strong and you know oh yes they choked it yes some. and I absolutely agree with that you this is a time you can use the 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 choked word to describe a team like Boston who should have had no issues with Florida and it's inexplicable what what happened to them absolutely inexplicable. It is. I watched more of that game seven than any hockey game I've watched in I don't know. Oh, many years. Very good. Very good. I check in on it. They're down 2 nothing in the second. I'm like, what is happening here? They score. It's 2-1. to one. They take a 3-2. They're like, all right. Good for them. They, they sweated it out. And they lose in overtime. They give up a goal with a minute to go. Very reminiscent of the Gophers a few yeah. weeks ago. Yes, yeah. And then you got Colorado doing what they did. And... Like, how, like, what is it? Is it because the goddamn games played on ice, or, or what? What is the deal here? I, I just it's that's why they always say this, the year. The Stanley Cup is the hardest trophy to win in all of sports because of you know the 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 series that you have to go through, and now the fact that we're doing divisional formatting, it, it, it's just still stupid in my mind. Um, hopefully, we get back to a decent format, the one through eight, like. Every you know, like that, like the NBA does, and like the NHL did before, and then you reseed after the first round, and whatnot. Um, I mean, it is it is hard, and it's just inexplicable. I mean, this is the President's Trophy curse. The last ten years, the last ten President's Trophy winners have not won the Stanley Cup. And the President's Trophy goes to the team with the most points at the end of the regular season. Um, I I'm at a loss for what what happened to Boston here. Um, I was all in on them winning the cup. I was all I had them against Colorado in the Stanley Cup final, and that's that's done with now. That that, that can't happen. Um, I do think it, it's taken a, a little bit of lust or a little bit of energy is uh, buzz away from the NHL playoffs now because you had this historic team that's no longer going to compete for it. Now, thank God, Toronto 
won their series against the Tampa Bay Lightning. They they exercised their demons. They beat the Boogeyman. And the light and the the Maple Leafs are moving on. So that's good because uh, when Toronto does good, the NHL does better. There's more interest. Connor McDavid and Edmonton advanced against the Kings, but now they got to go against Vegas. So there is some chance for the there is a chance for the NHL to get some good matchups, but almost almost. Uh, but losing Boston and then the, your defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche in the first that, that's tough. That is a very tough pill to swallow. I don't know anything about hockey. It just seems like it, it's just so unorganized. Just guys skating and throwing the puck here and throwing, like, there's no play. Are there any plays? There are plays. Yep, they do design plays. It, it feels so unorganized, though. You, you're, you're relying on the puck on the ice and a good pass to be a certain spot. And when, you know, once a guy passes to somebody and he's right there and he hits it and it looks, it looks nice, whether it goes in or not, but, oh, yeah, this looks nice. This looks like the way it was probably supposed to go. But it just seems so random and so chaotic mm-hmm. and just kind of, kind of willy-nilly of, all right, puck's here and puck's that. And then, you know, they call a penalty and, like, I have no idea. Offsides, icing. This, this, I have no idea why the why, why it's a whistle. I have no idea why the there's a penalty. I have no idea what happened there. So I have no idea what's going on. But it, it just seems so random. It's kind of like soccer. I would I would equate hockey yeah, to soccer uh, in terms of you know the back and forth play, you know the passes and whatnot. There's not. I mean, there are more way more shots. There's way more action in hockey than soccer, and I think hockey's a, a much better sport than soccer. It takes a lot more. I would say. Um, athleticism than soccer. I get soccer has the stamina, but try try standing on skates and being able to deke and skate as fast, avoid hits, and you know deflect a, a puck into the net and stuff. A shot that's going ninety miles an hour. Um, like you know, in the NBA, tough. the favorites usually win. Nine out of ten times, the favorite will win. The big upset was Miami beat Milwaukee, but Giannis was hurt. Yep, even though he came back. And every other series, there really wasn't enough. There were a lot of series that were toss-ups, like the four fives. Knicks beating Cleveland, toss-up. Well, the, the, the seven-seeded Lakers beat the two-seeded Grizzlies. You know, it, kind of surprising the Lakers would win once they got up 3-1. You're like, well, Memphis just doesn't have it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think the Lakers are going going to the finals or some shit. So. Right. It just, you know, doesn't, you know, this doesn't happen a lot. So, Aaron, obviously, it, it, it sucks to have those teams out, but, you know, Seattle. Huge. Like, I like what Vegas, Vegas made a run. Who, who the hell knows? Maybe Seattle is going to make one. Yeah, who, who, who can figure out at this point? Absolutely. And, I mean, for Seattle, the Kraken to win their first ever postseason series in their first ever postseason, like, that's huge. Absolutely huge. Um. But yeah, I think the I, I think what's difficult is that you know you can always run into a hot goaltender. That that's the, always the X factor in the playoffs. Who's who's you know got the hot goaltending right now? Uh, special teams, power play, and your penalty kill. If those aren't up to snuff, then you're not going to succeed. And sometimes it's just the pressure of it all. The pressure of. Uh, being that defending Stanley Cup champion, being you know the best team in the NHL regular season, maybe it got to both of 
both the Avalanche and the Bruins, and that's why they cracked under pressure. I don't know, but it's it wasn't good uh, for for either squad. It's it's embarrassing, especially for Boston. Especially well, for I, Boston. I have Tampa Bay and Colorado, and they're in their bowl now. Oh, good, good. Yeah. So that yeah, that's the NHL playoffs. We're gonna have Mark Straxler on hopefully here this week uh, to talk more about it and the the disappointing Minnesota Wild. You mentioned the NBA playoffs. Are, are, are they disappointing, though? They never win. I know, because it's the same song and dance where we like, expect... Yeah, I mean, you, you know, 2-2, two, two, once they lost game five, you kind of thought, well... Yeah. There it goes. And you're not stunned that they lost. No, no. It's just we're tired you're of it. You're even more surprised if, you were, if they won. They were like, well, goddamn, they finally won. I, I mean, and this would have been... Would they have played Seattle if they would have won? Yes. I mean, it's, it's right there for you. It's right there for you. Yep. Yeah. Who's uh, who? What, Connor McDavid plays for Edmonton? Yes. So he'd be a big deal in what? Who's what? Austin Matthews? Is he the guy for Toronto? Yes, he is. Yep. Two best players in, in hockey, arguably. Well, that, that would be, would that be the, the ideal matchup now? Get the two big young star, younger stars? Yes. Yes. I, the, 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 the only caveat to that is they're both Canadian teams. So how much is America, well, like, the, like the United States? fans going to watch, but I think because of the star uh, and because, it, you know, Toronto's an original six team, I think it would have a great deal of appeal. And maybe something, you know, like Carolina in Seattle wouldn't be very good, or, or Carolina in Dallas probably wouldn't yeah. uh, wouldn't care a whole lot about Right. Right. I mean, Carol, is, is Carolina the favorite here to get out of this mess? Or? No, I would say... Toronto? I, I would say Toronto right now. I would say yeah. Toronto, and I would... Yeah, a new team, what that... What, did they finally win something last year? Didn't they win a series for the first time no, in a long time? The, yeah, they, they won the series just on Saturday against Tampa Bay for the first time in, in like, 10 years. And, yeah, they're, they're a team that just doesn't win. Yep, and they but finally yeah, broke win, win. Hell, may, may as well, between the Vegas and or is that a toss-up, Vegas and Edmonton? I would say so. I would say so because Edmonton can score. It's just a matter of can they defend, can they get the goaltending. Um, probably the winner of that goes to the Stanley Cup. So I would agree. Yeah, Dallas is Dallas is good. Uh, very good power play. Uh, a lot of speed. Dallas could could get out of there. Um, but I would I'll still go with I'll go with Edmonton. I'm hoping Edmonton advances because I hate the Stars and uh, I yeah I just like Connor McDavid and Edmonton so. Did you see the stat about Minnesota sports? Oh, yeah, about the records and whatnot. It's been 50 years of playoff, I guess, failures. So when you add it all up, Vikings have like, you know, 16, and the Twins have like or 13, and the Wild have 13, and the, the Wolves have, you know, six or seven. It's bad. Um, it's really bad. Of what thirty years of playoffs, where Minnesota sports teams have made it fifty times, they haven't even gotten to the finals of anything. That's why Minnesota is the most tortured fan base in the country. Like the second biggest drought, like currently is like thirty, and they're at fifty, and that's like like the New York Metro. Where like, you know the Knicks aren't going to win it this year, the Rangers aren't going to win it. Is that just making it to the final or winning a championship? Winning it, winning it. Yeah. Okay. Well, since what? Since uh, 
Oh, does that count the Giants, I guess? The Giants last one to win it, I guess. And I got 30. I, I don't know. I don't know what that what 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 teams count for that. I but. would think the Giants should count into that because it's New York City. Area. You feel like you know, the Timberwolves are n- n- not going to do it. No, Twins might. Like the Wild, like the Wild could. You'd be like, yeah, hey, you know, yeah. hockey. Yeah, I, I think the Wild should do it. And then Twins have, and you feel like sometime in the next thirty years, the Twins going to win a World Series. I would say that's possible. Mm-hmm. And you've got the Vikings, which they've been the closest of all of them, but I feel like they're the farthest away because they've got the biggest just wall in history behind them where it just seems so it's a it's a Chicago Cubs level. Will this ever happen? In a hundred years will this happen? Yeah. Well the fact that they haven't been to a Super Bowl in almost fifty years speaks volumes. And we're getting to the point where every other team has been there since then. Yeah. Yep. And it just sucks. So yeah, it's um another another putrid run. You mentioned the NBA playoffs. Interesting note, all eight seeds have advanced to the second round. The Miami Heat, the eight seed, advanced. The one the seven seeded Lakers advanced in the West. The six seeded Warriors advanced in the West. The five seeded Knicks advanced in the East. The four-seeded Suns in the West, the three-seeded Celtics in the East, the two-seeded uh, seven or the the three-seeded Seventy-Sixers in the East, the two-seeded uh, Celtics in the East, and then the one-seed um, Denver Nuggets in the West. So that is interesting that we have all you know this um, all eight seeds in there. I think that's that's interesting. That's good. What that does, though, I I don't know. Like the Lakers. I, I, I give the Lakers a, a good chance to beat the Warriors. I'm still going with Golden State because that's what I predicted at the beginning of the playoffs, in the beginning of the season, for that matter. Going to go with Phoenix. They didn't look great in Game 1 against Denver, but I think Phoenix can prevail here in the end. Uh, and then in the East, I'll take Boston over Philadelphia because Joel Embiid is hurt. I, I am going to say the Knicks, but the, the way the Heat look, they look really good. But Jimmy Butler injury, that is a... The significant factor. Jimmy Butler's hurts? Yeah, isn't he hurt? Doesn't he have a hurt knee? I believe he has a hurt knee. He does, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, more stars. Too bad he doesn't have load management. Yeah, Miami's been there plenty, but they're an eight seed. I prefer to see the Knicks there, because I really don't care about Miami at all. But... You know, if Jimmy Butler's healthy, feels like Miami's going to win that series. I would agree, but it, it's a matter of Kenny be healthy. Yeah, he's getting treatment on his ankle still, iffy for game two. So hopefully he can gut it out. And if you're okay, if, if you're the Timberwolves, and if, obviously Jimmy Butler wanted to get out, mm-hmm. he acted in such a way. Like if if Jimmy Butler is there with Anthony Edwards and. And Towns is out of the picture. Is this team any better? Yes. Are they, are, are they more tough? Are they mentally tougher, physically tougher? Probably, yes. Jimmy Butler leading the Heat, led him to the finals during the COVID year. So it's like, it seems like the, the Timberwolves always make the wrong decision. Oh, yes. Without question. Do, do we pick... Uh, do we pick Steph Curry or Johnny Flynn? Oh, Johnny Flynn. Okay. Which one? Like that one there, it's like, what do we do? And with Towns, like, that was the right pick. Yep. We pick him. 
But like he's just I don't know what it is, that tough night is. You know, his mom died a couple years ago. That's rough. Yep. Like he just doesn't have that I don't killer instinct or whatever you want to call it. Or you know, I feel like Anthony Edwards does have that. He doesn't. And next year seems like a make or break year of like you know, like we got to win a playoff series next year. If we don't. We got to make some major moves. Well, I mean, you give up five first-round picks for Rudy Gobert. That's a terrible trade by Tim Conley. Like it, it just is. They're just not great right now. So, no. No. Not. I, I, I think in the in the NBA playoffs, so we got uh, you know some interesting matchups here in the uh, in the second round. Who are you predicting to make it to the conference finals? I think Boston's the easiest. Embiid is out. Game one here is close currently, but I think Boston makes the finals. Yeah, if if, if Butler's hobbled, I'm going to go with the Knicks. And then in the East or the West, uh, Golden State and Phoenix. All right, that's I, I hope that happens there. Um what I predicted at the beginning of the postseason, um, and that's what I would like to see happen there as well. So we'll see. We'll keep I, I'm most interested in Phoenix-Denver. Yep. Um, uh, that'll be a good series, I think. Yes. So. On, uh, on, on Sunday, I mean, uh, Warriors-Kings was good for a while. Curry had 50. Yeah. Just a, a tre- uh, tremendous performance. They could not stop him. The Kevon Looney had 21 rebounds. Just there, it was close at halftime. Golden State was what up by two. In the third quarter, they just killed him. Offensive rebounds were just ridiculous. I think they had 13 offensive rebounds in the third quarter alone. So, uh, by far the best series of the first round. Oakley Sacramento was good for a while, and. You feel like Golden State's got maybe one more left in them. You feel yep. like, yep. You know, this this is it for them. Yeah, I I would agree. With guys that. are getting old. Mm-hmm. Lakers. I mean, if it's them and the Suns, and that's I mean, whatever the the Western Conference, whatever it is, it should be good in the in the, in the finals. Mm-hmm. the combination. Oh, can but, you imagine if we had Lakers Knicks in the finals? Ugh. Jesus Christ. Ugh. Oh, Lakers! Lakers Boston again. Yeah, excites a lot of people. Does not excite me. Uh, finally, let's head to the uh, to the diamond here. Uh, the Minnesota Twins ended their homestand. Hey, they they won the season series against the Yankees for the first time since two thousand one. So that's reason to celebrate. Uh, the, the Guardians look like crap. The White Sox are absolutely terrible. I, I shouldn't say the Guardians look like crap. The Guardians... No, they do. They, uh, do. they the, do. The White Sox are absolutely atrocious. Detroit's terrible. Uh, Kansas City's awful. But Chicago's the big surprise, I, I think, here. The Twins, though, uh, looking good. Uh, pitching's gotten a little iffy here lately. Uh, but overall, still doing really good. 17 and 12, you're five games over, you're three and a half games up on Cleveland. Detroit's now in third place. The White Sox lost 10 in a row before a miraculous seven run ninth against Tampa Bay last night or yesterday. 
So the Twins have got Chicago coming up. You have to win two out of three there. And you got Cleveland after that. Queens win two out of three there. Mm-hmm. So if you do that, you're sitting at 21 and 14. That's good. I think as we're, we look a month in at the standings here, Tampa Bay, uh, in, just in the AL East, Tampa Bay, 23-6, and six, fantastic. Baltimore, 19-9, and nine, that's a surprise. And then you see Boston and New York tied for last. Good. Uh, Aaron Judge is uh, going to have a stint on the IL for a bit due to a, a calf strain or something like that. Um, you heard his hip. Here's, here's what an idiot Aaron Judge is. Yeah, okay. Uh, game, uh, the final game of that series at noon, Kent is out there getting just smashed to, to pieces. Yankees up 5 nothing like the first, second inning. Aaron Judge decides to steal third base in a 5 nothing game. Early on, a game in which, you know, you're up 5 nothing. You, you got it. It's Twins-Yankees. You got it in the bag. Mm-hmm. Decides to steal third Messes up his hip. Then he goes on the DL a couple days later in Texas. So, no, no sympathy for him. Don't they talk about the unwritten rules of baseball? Don't steal third when you're up five nothing, like the second inning. Like why? And especially when you are Aaron Judge. Yep. Why are you doing that? So no sympathy there. Orioles a lot better than I thought they'd be. What what a breath breath of fresh air it would be if the Yankees or Red Sox both didn't make playoffs. Yeah, it would be great. How how great would that be to get you know, Orioles in there? Toronto they were in it last year. The Twins back in. Uh, Texas seems to be good. So hopefully the the six teams that are there now are the six teams that are there at the end. Yep. I'm sure Yankees will make their run and they'll knock somebody out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it's good to see them. Struggle. Texas is doing really well. They're leading the AL West, uh, but Jacob Degrom is going to go on the DL for a little bit here. Uh, do, oh, we, do we think Texas? Uh, what do we make of the AL West so far? I mean, the A's are absolutely terrible. Yeah, A's are one of the worst teams in recent memory. Uh, Texas, their offense is excellent. Their pitching's been very good. So, no, no, I'm sure Houston. They're only two back, but. Yeah, Texas, uh, better than I thought, making the big moves. So, yeah, but, but, but Oakland, it's just too Hopefully. bad stuff for Oakland. Hopefully yes. Seattle starts turning it around here. Um, they have the talent. They just, not not very good. But, yeah, Oakland, just, oh, woof, woof. On the NL side, the East, the Braves, 19-10. and 10, They're three games up on the Mets. The Marlins, I think, are a bit of a surprise here, despite the fact that, they have a negative uh, a run differential of minus 35. They are three games above 500. Luis Arise has been great. Uh, Alcantara has not pitched fantastic this year, but the Marlins are competitive. Phillies are in it, but uh, this appears to be the Braves' division to lose as of right now. I think the Braves are winning the World Series. Very good. Yeah, they're just the best team. I think the... uh, Acuna got hurt in the shoulder today. We'll see if he's... <laughs> he's out or not, but yeah, our guy Spencer Strider pitched all right today. Love him. But, yeah. And then you got, uh, I mean, Pittsburgh Pirates. What What the hell is this? 
that I was just going to say the two biggest surprises in baseball, oh, oh, arguably, oh. reside in the Central Division. The Pirates are twenty and nine, and the Cardinals are ten and nineteen and in last place. Like, some someone makes sense of this. Pirates have the uh, best record in the National League, thirty games. Phenomenal. Uh, they, they, Tampa Bay. They play at Tampa Bay this week. Who figured Pittsburgh at Tampa would be a series worth anything? Right. Exactly. First week of March. So they've got Brian Reynolds. They signed him to a long-term deal. You look at their offense. There's nothing here that really excites you. You know, Andrew McCutcheon's back. He's having a good bounce back year. I mean, you look at their offense, you're like, eh, nothing else. Oh, look at this guy. Look at that guy. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, they're pitching. Pitching's been uh, been good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vince Velasquez, he's bounced around. He's been a veteran. He's pitching well. Uh, Mitch Keller, you got Dick Mountain out there still throwing things. So, <laughs> yeah, you, you look at the team, you're like, how, how, how are they good? How are they, how are they doing this? So, I would love it to see you know to see St. Louis remain in the cellar here, though that that seems unlikely. But uh, it'd be fine with me on the Cubs. Cubs fourteen and thirteen, better than I thought. Yeah. Whoa. And then the West, I get that you know the Arizona on top right now. That's a bit of a surprise. The Dodgers are tied with them. The Padres are just one game back. This Padres team befuddles me though. Why they struggle as badly as they have been. Um, they they have so much talent. Are the expectations? This is like the the Boston Bruins type of um, you know expectations and pressure and whatnot. Uh, that I, what what's going on with the Padres? They shouldn't be losing as many games as they have been. They can't score. They are not. They are somehow top top to bottom. However you want to look at it, one of the the best offensive teams in baseball. On paper, in reality, they are absolutely terrible. Xander Bogarts is doing well. Other than that, everybody else will probably doing worse than you would think. Nelson Cruz having a nice bounce back here at 42. Fernando Tatis is back. He's played a week and a half. Uh, Manny Machado not doing well, hitting 236. Juan Soto is on base, is excellent, but he's hitting 200. What, what has happened to Juan Soto, the $400 million man? He's hitting 200. You got to do better than that. So they Absolutely. they have they just have one hell of a time scoring. And they should. Bogarts, Machado, Tatis, Soto. And they can't score consistently. They were shut out. What was it? The Braves shut them out? Uh Two games in a row, there was a four-game stretch where they scored two runs. And then you've got Blake Snell, who's terrible. Michael Walker, who's been awful. You know, Blake Snell, uh, I think he will have had a good bounce back here last year. 3.3 ERA, but after that he had a 4.2. ERA is 5.5 early on. Just not not good, not good. No, no. A lot of talent. That's why I didn't. I, I'm not. I don't. I don't believe in them. It's long past due. They have. They they had a nice run last year. I'm not. No, 
I'm off on the Padres. They had their shots. They made big moves that just didn't work. You know, just, all right, we get Juan Soto. You expect them to hit better than 200 in the first month. Mm-hmm. It just isn't working, which is a shame because it should. Just because you make the right move or you get the best player, it doesn't automatically mean it's going to work out. No, no, it does not. Uh, so are we doing a hitter of the week, a uh, hitter of the month, uh, p- hitter of the week? What are we doing here this week? Or are we going to start that next week? We're going to do a hitter. I think I like the pitchers more. Let's go to a pitcher. Okay. Speaking of pitching, I think the Twins with these injuries are actually in a better spot. Kent has been terrible. He is just not ready to pitch again even though he's long past his Tommy John surgery. He's like 18 months past it. But, no, he just doesn't appear to be ready to go. So, Bailey Ober got a very raw deal. He pitched. He couldn't pitch any better in spring training. There was no way for him to make the team. They sent him down. They call him up. He's pitched very well. So, he should be, he should be here for the rest of the season. He should be here full time. He is a major league caliber starting pitcher, Bailey Ober. Bailey Ober, pitcher of the week. Oh, uh, sure. Let's go with him. So there's that. Uh, Tyler Tyler Malley gets hurt. He's going to be out for the next month or two. I assume they're going to bring up Louis Varland, who's good. Pitched against the Yankees a couple weeks ago at a rough start. Ended up pitching well, six innings, three hits, or three runs. His velocity is from like 92 now up to 96. So I think the Twins, with the two injuries, their replacements are actually better than who they're replacing. I was thinking maybe you would go with Sonny Gray as the pitcher of the week or of the month. I mean, points. He should. Uh, I'll go with, you know, a, a no-name guy. All right. But yeah, Sonny Gray, .77 ERA. You can't ask him to pitch any better than he has. An A-plus for him. He has been excellent. Mm-hmm. Joe Ryan's been very good. Pablo Lopez, these past couple starts have not been good after a hot start, which is kind of what he's done through his career. He started excellent and kind of tailed off. So hopefully if the weather warms up, he gets better. But I'm encouraged with Ober and hopefully Varlin coming up. If the Twins have another injury, I'm not so sure who they would. I don't think the next guy they would call up would be of that caliber. But they needed more depth. They've got depth. The offense is coming around. They're starting to score now. Buxton's at home runs. Mm-hmm. is still hitting 200. That sucks. I think this has got a chance to be, I feel like it's one of the best teams I've seen as far as, I feel like they can win, they can and will win a playoff series. That would be great. Let's just win a game first. Let's focus on a game. game. You know, whether they're, Tampa Bay seems to be the one seed. Can they be the two seed over the West winner and get a bye? Do you want to buy? Do you want to play a three-game series maybe against the sixth seed? Whether that's Baltimore or Toronto or Texas or the Yankees, God forbid. Let's, okay, we're going to do the Yankee thing. Let's go. 
Austin the Yankees. Playoffs, one more time. Stupid of me to say it. But it's only, you know, two out of three series. So if you're going to beat the Yankees, may as well be two out of three. So I'm excited because Sonny Gray's been excellent. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like this is this is just a very good team. Just a well-built team, very deep team. Correa's done next to nothing yet, and they're still pretty good. Jorge Polanco's been off the DL. He's been lights out. So uh, Joey Gallo's been hitting home runs. You know, bullpen, I don't like the bullpen much at all. But everything else, I am happy with. Well, let's hope that this continues. Anything else before we say so long? Yeah, let's go with Bailey over, I guess, pitcher, our first pitcher of the week. Okay. Yeah, anything else? No, very windy out. Um, yeah, you know, fun time of the year at the playoffs every night. Mm-hmm. Ball, so. Excellent. Well, my friend, you have a great rest of your week. Uh, hopefully the wind dies down. You can get some pickleball action in, and we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, way, way too windy last week. Uh, we played Wednesday. It was okay. Played Thursday at noon. Terrible. The worst conditions I've ever played in. The windiest con- It was a No, we should not have played at all. So, uh-huh. uh, get the, got the golf, golf clubs out. We might do that once here soon. So There you go. Uh, yeah, so good weather. Summer's awful. Summer's the worst season there is. Summer sucks. Uh, but, but other than that, uh, yeah, we should be good to go. All right, very good. Well, enjoy the rest of your week. We'll talk to you next week. All right, we'll see you later. Travis Grins joining me here, Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time. There's always a lot of good stuff there um, and whatnot. So uh, plenty to, to react to. Yeah, the NFL draft, we got the NHL playoffs. We talked a lot about that. We're hopefully going to get Marcus Traxler on here to talk more about the NHL playoffs and especially the Minnesota Wilds exit. Uh, and also hope to get uh, Jeff Lloyd II on from the Locked On Browns podcast uh, to recap the draft. Uh, weren't able to connect with him last week, but hopefully we can get him on this week. As this very long and big we, uh, version of the Sports Block podcast continues, find us on uh, iTunes or uh, on podcast.com. Just search Sports Block. Follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken. Facebook, Nathan Stacken. Travis Krenz is on Twitter at Travis Krenz. A link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. More NFL draft talk and NHL playoff talk here coming up as we roll on on this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Wrapping up here on this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast, talking NHL playoffs, and who better to do that with than my good friend from the Mitchell Daily Republic, Marcus Traxler. Marcus, how we doing? I'm good, Sackett. How are you? Doing good, thank you. Uh, would be better if the Minnesota Wild were still playing. Uh, we're just going to start right there. Um, up 2-1 in a series, lose three in a row. Same old story. It's just, I don't know why we expect the Wild to make it out of the first round anymore of the playoffs. This was yet another year of disappointment, I think. Yeah, I mean, uh, aside from swapping in stars for blues, we probably could replay the conversation we had uh, last year. So, I mean, this is just uh, very disappointing for them to be in the exact same situation they were in. Um, you know, it is interesting that we we maybe compare how we feel here at the end of this series to 
maybe what the preseason expectations were. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that I think people thought this was a team that would make the playoffs, but probably not do much more. And that's really exactly where they ended up. Um, you know, as the season went, they had stretches where they were they were hot, that they looked good. You know, with two weeks left in the season, they had a chance to be the number one seed in the entire Western Conference playoffs, mm-hmm. um, and and you know potentially avoid. Um, the stars or the abs in the first round, and then they really tapered off in the last couple of weeks. And um, you know, maybe we didn't take that as seriously as we should have. The injuries ended up being a big story, and I'm sure, we're going to talk a little bit about that. But mm-hmm. you know, and of course, you know, the end of the season, it, it always comes out of you know, oh, this guy was hurt with this, this guy was out with this. Um, but to me, it's just it's kind of too many excuses. Um, I just think that. Uh, they did not perform to the level that they needed to. Um, give Dallas some credit. They played very well. Jake Ottinger played well enough to, to knock the wild out and made sure that happened. But just disappointing all the way around. Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned a couple of big topics here, the injuries and also the uh, the excuse-making. And I guess that's what I want to touch on first. Someone reached out to me um, and just said, are Minnesota fans too easy on the wild. Are we giving the wild a pass? Uh, given you know the, the 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 lack of success from the Timberwolves and the Vikings' uh, consistency uh, consistent habit of choking in big games or you know in the playoffs or just you know failing to win. The Twins haven't won a World Series or done it. I mean they haven't won a playoff game, let alone a playoff series, a playoff game in year what their own 18, own 21, whatever in their last however yeah. many games. Um, are are we are we too easy on the wild? Are we just like oh here we go another um, another one and done here in the playoffs, or is it time now where we should start to demand better from this squad? I don't think at this moment in time we're too hard on the wild. Um, I think it's I think what I've seen has been an appropriate level of angst. Uh, and, you know, anger about this because um, I think people have looked at this essentially being the exact same situation as last year. They're give and take with, with different personnel and stuff, but uh, just not, you know, not ready to play, not willing to close out the series when you're up 2-1. Um, you know, there are a few factors here that I think are worth playing out. You know, just, just the – you look at the complete arc of where the Wild were. We know that they've been hamstrung by the buyouts of Suter and Parisian. Yep. Go figure. You play Suter, and he probably played some of his best hockey since he's left the Wild in this series. Oh, he clearly really motivated. A, yeah, clearly motivated, and clearly, you know, still has a lot to give. Um, yeah, we talked about it. I think you know the Wild; they were right to make the move, but boy, is it painful, and it's going to get worse here uh, in the next couple of years with just how much remains on the books uh, that they're not going to be able to spend. But. Um, I think that this is a market that has intelligent and passionate hockey fans, and I think they let they let uh, they let the team know when when they're not playing well and they're they're upset about uh, how this has gone. And I think there's been plenty of that. I think the players feel that. I, I know that I saw something on Twitter today talking about how the Wild or maybe the Leafs of of uh, you know the U.S. Yes, and, uh, that might be a little 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 too on the nose because. Certainly, the fan base demands um, a lot. They want it, they want their team to be a winner, uh, and this you know franchise, aside from the one run to the Western Conference Finals where they got dusted by 
J.S. Jaguar, mm-hmm. uh, they have not been close to a Stanley Cup final. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think the time to be critical of the group or saying that they should have, you know, I think it's okay to say that now, but, you know, eight years ago, ten years ago, whenever it was, when they kept running into the Blackhawks, couldn't get past them, um, you know, when you had sort of the, the, the last core group, you know, kind of come through and fail, Mm-hmm. That was maybe the peak time to be as critical as you can be. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's just so many things in flux here that I think are just worth noting. The Wild, you know, I haven't looked at the rankings lately, but at one point they had the best minor league or uh, farm system in hockey. A lot of that's still coming through. Mm-hmm. So there's there's reason to believe that it's going to get better. We've seen some of the players come forward. Uh, obviously, Kaprizov is the centerpiece to build around at this point. You certainly would hope that uh, Boldy, who was a no-show in this series, uh, Marco Rossi going forward. I mean, you hope that those are guys that are part of the picture. Um, and, you know, I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit about it, but, you know, Gustafson was great uh, at the end of the season, great to have, but he really blew up their entire goalie plan here. And yeah. and now they have to pay him more than they were planning on. And, you you know, I know Fleury's probably staying, but you got to figure out what you're going to do with him. Still had Jesper Wallstad, who apparently is a goalie of the future, but when is he fitting into this? It's it's become a lot more complicated. Yes, nope, and I I echo your sentiment. I think yeah, the you know with Parise and Suter not being able to get by the first round, I think that was the the peak moment where you're like, hey, the, this has got to change, and they, they have they have changed the team around, and the the result is staying the same, but they're trying. And I think that's that's key. But at some point. You gotta break through, and you touched on it. Matt Boldy, a no show in the playoffs. Kaprizov, one point. I mean, it, it, I think the Wild were fortunate to even be up two to one in the series, given that Boldy and Kaprizov did absolutely nothing, and they got co- contributions from a lot of other different players. So to be up two one was great, and you're just like, okay. When is Kaprizov going to to break through? And then you think, you know, as the series drags on and the stars start to gain momentum, which, by the way, it is a we're recording this on the night of Game One of the uh, Kraken Star Series. It is at the first period, and it is four two Seattle. That is infuriating. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think Jake. I'm watching this as well. I think Jake Ottinger has given up goals on three straight shots here. I mean, it's just it's incredible. So. Uh, I don't know what the hell is going on, um, and we're going to talk about the Kraken. Uh, maybe it just seems like every year you have one or two teams that are just sort of uh, charmed, and yep. the Kraken might be that team. Yep. You know, where it's just like uh, they have everything going right. Now, granted, game game one of the series, we got a long way to go, but um, yeah, go, I, I'm sorry, I don't even no, know no, what, no. You're, what you're saying. Yeah, no, no, that, that, that's absolutely okay. But it's just you know, they as the series went on. You kind, I at least I started to wonder. Okay, maybe Kaprizov isn't right. You know, maybe he's not fully healthy. And then you know, Joel Eriksson-Ek tries to get out there for what game three? He's out there for 19 seconds, he's, and then we find out he's on a broken leg. Kaprizov said he was fine. The injury didn't hamper him. It was just trying to get back in the swing of things, and he really couldn't do that. I think he's masking something. I think there the injury still plagued him a little bit, but you. And that's, you know, kind of factoring in all of these injuries. You know, Ryan Hartman getting hurt at the end of game one, still scoring that game-winning goal in double overtime. 
But he wasn't healthy, you know, for the series. And even that goes to game two and this, the decision to move or to put Fleury in rather than uh, keep Gustafson in. I thought it was the right move. Uh, but they had a lot of guys out. It kind of seemed like a throwaway game. And, you know, it just, it, it sucks that this team cannot put it together, have their stars come out. And the shots, you know, the whiffs, you know, wide open nets that they miss. It's just, it's consistent it doesn't matter the year it doesn't matter the players it's just the same result year in and year out yeah i'm looking at the stats here from this the playoffs wild scored 14 goals they had three from freddie goudreau they had two from ryan hartman one from klingberg one from Steele, one from felino i think that's nine if maybe ten uh those are not goals those are not your big time goal scores you can't have 75 percent of your goals coming from those guys uh, you know, Zuccarello had two. Uh, Johansson had two when they just resigned. Kaprizov had one. Um, you need more. You know, like you just you got nothing from Nyquist. You got nothing from Boldy. Um, You know, obviously Eric Erickson Eck only played one game, but um, yeah, it's just you didn't have the big guys deliver. Like you're you're, you're going to need that if you're going to advance in the in these playoffs. It's absolutely fair to be frustrated. I think. I mean, it's just a, a completely valid. Uh, thing to bring up with with where this operation's at right now, and I think there are some there's some real questions that are going to have to be to be asked. I don't think they're going to. I don't think there's a need to completely reset the button. I don't think Dean Emerson needs to be fired, but um, this is back to back postseasons now where their uh, power play was terrible and their penalty kill was no good either. Yeah, I mean, and they were death. that was just a, a bad combo yep. for what they're trying to accomplish. I, I give uh, you know I give Erickson Eck a lot of credit for trying to play in a broken leg. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems pretty stupid, and now he can get it fixed. But he at least gave it a go. Um, you, you talked about um, you know just the way that this ended. Um, you know they they no showed they won game one in, in double overtime. That's one they stole without question. Uh, so they were outplayed for a lot of that game. They no showed in game two. They won game three in a big way. You knew Dallas was going to come back. Pretty much no show in Game Four because they didn't, you know, they didn't do what they needed to do to close the game out um, and win that that contest. No show in Game Five. No show pretty much in Game Six until the third period. Um, you just can't have that. Like you can't, you can't, you know, not do anything for more than half the series and expect to win. Well, and the the penalty kill, as you mentioned, was terrible. I mean, the, their special teams throughout the season was. Pretty good. I mean, it was top half of the league, both uh, power play and penalty kill. Uh, But then you find out, you know, as the series starts, oh, Dallas is, you know, top 10, you know, top five in power play and then penalty kill. So that's what really hindered the Wild. They couldn't stop the Stars' power play at all. They couldn't win a faceoff in their own zone at all to save their lives. And that really didn't uh, help uh, the Gus Bus or or Marc Andre Fleury at all either um, in that situation. So that certainly has to get better, both sides, the power play in the playoffs and also the penalty kill. Um, but Well, and, and, and let's let's talk a little bit about that, right? So they didn't have Erickson Eck. Yep. Um, you know, Marco Rossi is supposed to be future. You don't have him in this series because he's not ready. Everybody, you know, uh, it's, it's been reported he's just not big enough, not physical enough to play in the NHL. Um, so you're left with Hartman. He was hurt in this series. And we're talking about centers here. Sorry. Yep, yep. Talking about centers. Hartman, you know, just, just banged up, wasn't, avail- wasn't available for parts of the series. 
So you're left with Freddie Goodrow and you got to move other people in, you know, different, different people into that role. Um, the wild, this has been an issue now for years. They need to somehow find a way to solve the center issue. I have no idea how they're going to do that. Cause they don't have any money. I they think they're going to have to wait until they need to bring back. So. Yeah. I think they're going to have to wait for the Suter and Parisi contracts to get off the books to get more of that relief. I think that's the only way they're going to get that center depth. Well, that's absolutely true. And I mean, if they would have had Eric obviously that solves some issues in this series yes. because he's taking a lot of face-offs in, in uh, special team scenarios and obviously, you know, line one, line two, all that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, it's a huge issue. And, and really, you, you, we mentioned how bad the penalty kill is. And you make things worse when you take bad penalties. And the Wild wanted to be aggressive. They talked about the grit, all that stuff. That's great. You can't take stupid penalties. Yep. And they took stupid penalties or, or penalties that at least went against them because the refs called them, and Dallas knew that. And uh, and Dallas cashed in the power plays. Like, it's, you know, it's just uh, one of those things you just can't have happen. You played right in my next point here, and I, that was what I was just going to say. They had to stay out of the penalty box, and Dean Evison said that. You know, the team said that. And for whatever reason, they elected not to do that. They took some stupid penalties throughout this series, and Dallas made them pay for it. But in Game 4... Specifically, uh, Felino getting those two penalties, the interference and the tripping penalty, neither of which were were penalties at all. If anything, he, uh, the Wild should have got a power play because he got high-sticked. With that being said, like th- th- I don't want to be that guy, but the, the uh, officiating in this series was pretty, pretty awful. But I also think that what Stars head coach Peter DeBoer kept saying about, oh, we know that this team is sixth in the league in penalty minutes, and we we knew we just had to kind of keep getting calls and uh, make them pay on the power play. That, I think, at some point seeps into the back of the mind of the officials, whether it, it they're doing it, yeah, I think it's probably unbiased or you know subconsciously, but they are doing it. Now, again, bad calls against Felino in Game 4, and I think that's what really tilted the scale in that game. If the Wild win that game somehow without those two penalties, because the, the Stars scored two power play goals, if I'm not mistaken, on that uh, Tyler Sagan, I think. Um, yeah. If they win that game, we could be talking about a whole different result in this series, or maybe they end up losing in seven. But you're like, hey, at least they, they made it to 3-1 and then you know lose three straight. Still not great. <laughs> but the, it's still the you know the, the taking of the bad penalties, even though they talk about it. But Pete DeBoer talking, you know, getting getting that message out there at, after every game, and then the bad officiating, especially in Game Four, you, you just can't have that, especially in the playoffs. Well, you know, I, I think the the calls you're talking about in Game Four, they they've basically been affirmed to be the wrong calls. Uh, by, by the NHL, basically, than that they shouldn't have been called penalties, and they were. And then those officials have not moved on now in this in this series. Good. Um, they were in the playoffs. And then, you know, game five, you had the, the, the you know, the, uh, the, oh, the hit yes. in the middle of the ice and yep. the kneeing and the game misconduct for for uh, Foligno. And yep, then all he was a marked man. You know, Dallas, Dallas pulls away right away, and that game's essentially over. Yes. And so you just, you just, I mean, it was just a, a fatal mistake that you just couldn't have happen. And, um, you know, it, it completely changed the complexion of the series. Now, I, you're kind of right. Maybe this would have been won by Dallas no matter what. It seemed like as the series went, they got better, and the Wild did not. And 
you know, I don't remember, I remember, you know, big talking point uh, last year being that uh, Dallas, Craig Berube adjusted in the series. Dean Evison did not. This year, you know, Peter DeBoer, uh, you know, I think it's fair to say outcoached Dean Evison. Now, in Dean Evison's defense, I don't know what changes he really would have made. Right. They got beat on the ice, you know, and, and you had the penalties. Dean Evison's not responsible for that. Right. The uh, penalty kill, you know, maybe you shuffle the line a little bit. Um, I think we agree game two was probably lost no matter who the starting goalie was. Like, mm-hmm. there's just, to me, there wasn't a lot of moves to be made. Whereas, you know, last year against the Blues, I think that yeah. it was a little more clear. Um, so it's just interesting to see how really the Wild got beat at every level. Uh, when you stack it all up uh, at the end of the series, you know you, you you have that chart that you know you compare both teams and you give the check mark in each area to who you think has the strength. Obviously, when you look at it at the end of the series, you're going to be you're going to be you know weighted by what you saw. But I mean, the check in almost every category went to Dallas. Yep, yep, without question. And yeah, I, going back to to Game Five and the Felino uh, major uh, game misconduct. Did you think he deserved to get ejected for the whole game? I didn't. Like that's, it's clearly not uh, intentional at all. I, at least in my opinion. And uh, what um, uh, Paul Bizanet on yeah. on TNT was outraged by it. Uh, no one really on the set thought it, except the rules analyst. But he kind of seemed to be waffling a little bit in that stance. But you're right. I mean that that game changed. In two minutes and 14 seconds in, and the Wild had no shot after that because uh, it, Felino was a marked man. Yeah, for sure. And it, yes, the series completely changed um, after that. And I think, I think, I mean, I think it should have been a penalty. I didn't think it should be a game misconduct. Yes. I, yeah. I just thought that was, and I guess within the framework of the rules that, you know, they may have, they may have been left with no choice, but I just think that, um, you know, a penalty, yes. I actually thought the TNT crew did a good job of explaining how each player was in the position they're in and how in some ways it's a little bit unavoidable. Yes. But, you know, you're, if you're Felino, you've got to be a professional. you got to be in control of your body. And it was a risky move to pull out uh, three minutes into the game, like you said. I just think uh, don't put yourself in that position. There's yep. It's one thing to be physical, and I, I think that, you know, it did border on the on the line of reckless. Now, the other thing I'll say is you watch some of these hits that we've seen in the series, in particular the one in Game 7 uh, with the... Uh, the Rangers and the Devils. The Rangers and the Devils, yes. And, uh, you know, how how violent that was. And that was not a penalty. I just, I mean, it, it's, it's a little bit like the NFL where it's, you know, it's or college football with the targeting where it's just like... I, Maybe I'm not seeing what the refs are seeing, or I don't know the rule book to the same degree, because I don't know how that's a penalty or not a penalty, you know, depending on the situation. And yeah, that was that was something else. Yeah, and uh, hopefully, I can't remember who the devil was that got decked by Truba there of the yeah. Rangers, but uh, hopefully he'll be able to play in the second round here, and we'll touch on that second round series here in a, in a bit. Um, any final thoughts on the wild here? Um, I mean, we've kind of hashed over everything <laughs> that went wrong in this series and like moving forward. I do, th- I do like this team. I do like the way this team is established or, you know, with the additions that they brought in, if they can keep those guys, Nyquist, uh, Johansson who re-signed on Tuesday. So that's good. You got him for a couple of years. 
I do think this is a the core of this team is good. You might need to move a couple of pieces and bring a couple guys in, but I don't think there's a whole lot of shuffling that needs to be done. You just need guys like Erickson Eck to stay healthy. Yeah, I think the the health is a big part of this. Like they just don't have a lot of room for error. Um, it is interesting to look at. I'm looking at the cap friendly page right now. You look at what their options are uh, for. You know what can you do to maybe solve this cap problem to get you through? And I, I thought Michael Russo made a great point a couple days ago that said, you know, you, you maybe made a plan when you got rid of Suter and Parisi that, hey, we're going to make it through this. They were not planning on Kirill Kaprizov to be a $9 million player right now. Uh, they yeah. were not planning on that. But, you know, they wisely, you know, sort of sealed him up for the next, uh, you know, he's not a UFA until 2026, and it goes it goes a little further than that, I believe, as well. But who are you going to trade? you got Matt Zuccarello. He's on a $6 million contract. I'm pretty sure he's got a, a no-trade clause. Mm-hmm. Eric Sinek is worth $5.2 million. You're not going to trade him. Um, they, they don't have anybody else really even making that much money amongst the forwards. Um, and then you go down to the defense. Um, you know, Spurgeon's the captain of the team. He's making $7.5 million. Jonas Brodine is maybe the one guy you'd consider trading. He's 29, but he's I think they just signed him. He's only making $6 million. Like, you start going down the roster, they don't have a lot of guys they can really move um, right. or guys that make a lot of sense if you're trying to, you know, make a little cap space. And, and at the same time, you know, you're – some of the most expensive guys that they have are are unrestricted free agents. Matt Dumba makes six million dollars a year. They're not bringing him back. There's that. I don't think there's any way they're going to be able to keep him. So not they a bad salary. Anyway. Marcus, did we lose you? Uh, are you there? Yes. Yep. Uh, I was just okay. saying, not at that salary for for Matt Dumba. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So it's just, it's interesting when you look at the numbers and you try to figure out, well, how are they going to get through this? I don't know who they're going to add. They will add players. We know that. But, uh, you know, it's a, it's a tough spot. I, I we, we mentioned it going in the series. I think Bill Guerin's done a nice job of man, managing the roster. Uh, I thought he did a good job setting him up for this. But, um, you know, in retrospect, they were a couple injuries away from being completely sunk, and that's what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, we weren't planning on a, we weren't planning on Ryan Hartman being out. We weren't planning on Eric Sinek being out. Those were major injuries, you know, and and um, we've seen other teams in this postseason have not been able to overcome those sorts of things. Yep. The Wild are not alone. I think it is a little frustrating when we talk about some of these other playoff series that the Wild have not had that run that you expect just a team that gets the bounces in the playoffs. Teams get those bounces. It yes. happens in the playoffs, and the Wild just have not had theirs in 20 years, basically, yep. and it's a little frustrating because exactly what you said, you stack up all the other Minnesota sports next to them. And, you know, we've, we've got 50, 50 consecutive playoff appearances for Minnesota teams. And uh, aside from the links where they're not advancing. And so, the, the, the closest one after that's 30, I believe, right? The closest city after that's 30. I'm sorry. The, the closest city after that is like 30. Uh, yeah, I mean we're we're that. in a class of our own at this yes. point. So and yeah. you know the other teams, the other cities that have had these issues, Washington, Cleveland, they've all had, they've had titles recently. You know, mm-hmm. in, in various sports. So uh, we're kind of all alone in our futility right now. Well, for sure, for sure. And you just wait. Uh, what I think? What's the Minnesota uh, sports fan model? What if or you know we'll get them next year? You know, next year will be our year. 
Yeah, we keep saying that. As frustrated as Wild fans might be, though, I think there's a whole lot more frustration and confusion, anger, uh, certainly disappointment in New England right now with what happened to the Boston Bruins. The mo- the Historically speaking, the best team in NHL history in the regular season, most wins, most points, they get bounced in the first round by the Florida Panthers. Uh, I jumped on them uh, with my Stanley Cup champion, and I don't know whether that's the curse of Nathan Stacken, I don't know, but uh, they lose three straight games after being up 3-1, to one, and they fall to the Panthers. Lose Two of those last three losses were in overtime. Um, they have a, they had a couple injuries. Uh, David Krejci uh, was hurt a little bit. Bergeron was out, so that played a factor or a role in this, but with that being said, they were still better, or they should have been able to beat Florida in that series. And we're just left with a whole bunch of question marks. Like, what the hell just happened? Yeah, it's it's amazing. An amazing turn of events. Um, you're just kind of left shaking your head. Um, and, and the questions, like you said, are, yeah, you, I don't know what you're supposed to think. Um, you're up 3-1 in the series. I think in each of the last three games that they lost, they led, mm-hmm. you know, at least in some regard. Game seven, they lead with a minute to go, and then they give up the, uh, you know, the, the extra man goal and then lose lose in overtime. Um, you have to go back to the thesis of the beginning of the season um, where, you, where we didn't think Boston – we thought it was pretty much over for Boston. Like, yes. We didn't think that they were going to be uh, a team that was going to – be the best team in regular season history. Like that was completely unexpected. I didn't even have him in the and, playoffs. So, <laughs> well, yeah, and 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 then you know all the things you sort of feared about them for the season ended up showing their hand in the in the playoffs. You know, kind of kind of touch and go goal keep goaltending. Um, you know, the depth issues rearing its its head. You know, frankly, the team just kind of looking old, and um, they're on their couch. You know, watching it just like us now, it's it's amazing. Um, I, you know, you've heard people say that it's it's the you know the worst first round loss and the biggest collapse um, in in hockey history, and I'm tempted to say it's not, but I'm having a hard time I'm having a hard time disagreeing about with it when I really think about it. I mean, just the the dominance during the season. You got a, they were 40, 45 points better than. Florida during the year, mm-hmm. and Florida barely squeaking the playoffs. Um, you know, Florida's had all these issues with their personnel, the coaching, all this sort of stuff. And somehow they're the team that gets past. Uh, they're the team that gets past Boston. It's just, uh, it's unbelievable. I think I don't think there's any way you can not call it a choke job by the Bruins here. I just I, I don't. Given what they did in the regular season, and then. You know, be up three one in this series, have two games on home ice, and lose it the way they did. You you don't like to throw that that choke word out there when it comes to this because there's a whole lot of different factors that play in. But for a team as dominant as the Bruins were this year, this is a choke job, and it just goes to show why I think you know the Stanley Cup is the most difficult trophy in sports to win because it is really difficult to win a series in the playoffs, let alone four of them. Well, just think about all the different factors, and, and some of them are, are the same things we just talked about with the Wild. Think of all the things you need to have go right 
to win the Stanley Cup. You gotta have the goaltending. Mm-hmm. You gotta have scoring. You gotta have depth. You gotta have your stars deliver. But if the stars aren't playing well, you need the third and fourth liners to play well. Uh, you need the right coaching. You need to make the right moves. You know, you need a couple, and then you need some bounces to go your way. And that has that has the case for good teams too. And we just saw that. I, I you know. The longer the series went on, the more breakdowns it seemed like Boston had, uh, whether it was in the goaltending, it, it was in the uh, defensive pairings, it was in their, their top lines, their players. Some of had those key injuries, like you said. And you just left sort of shaking your head going, yeah, this is a, sort of the perfect storm for them uh, to end up blowing that series. Between that and then the Seattle Kraken in their first ever postseason of – Series, their postseason play ever appearance, they oust the defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche in seven games, winning on uh, on Colorado's home ice. I mean, I, I think that we can use. The, I like to. I'm going to use the word choke for for what Boston did. I'm just going to use the word embarrassing for what Colorado did. I mean, this is. I get, you know, they weren't fully healthy throughout much of the regular season, but they seem to be as healthy as they were going to get this year. Gabriel Landis-Cog hadn't played all year. He wasn't going to be available for the playoffs. But this seemed like a team that was just going to be able to get the job done. And Seattle did a great job defensively. They got timely goals when they needed to, when they needed it. And they just outplayed the Avalanche, and it is stunning to me, given their lack of playoff experience over there. You know, the, again, the first uh, playoff appearance ever in post in uh, franchise history. Granted, it's year two against the defending Stanley Cup champion in the Colorado Avalanche. I, I I just don't understand how this happened. Yeah, this is. I mean, obviously, the the Florida Boston thing doesn't add up. This is like one B to that one A to me. Yes. Like it's just. Yep. It's just, uh, it doesn't add up in a lot of ways. You had, it, it, to me, like, it would be one thing if you said, Kraken are going to beat the Abs. Like, it's going to happen. I'm not going to tell you how many games, none of that. But I would not have said that they were going to win three games in Denver mm-hmm. in a seven-game series. I just, that was not something I thought was going to happen. And for... Them to get beat by Philip Grubauer, the goalie that the yes. Avs had last year, and they kind of just dismissed. Yes, um, because uh, you know they went with um, the wild old guy Stalock, yeah. right? So no, um, I think a Gorgiev. Yes, you're right. So yeah, Stalock's um, with Chicago, I believe. Gorgiev is with, uh, with was the goaltender for Colorado. I'm thinking of last year though when they won oh, the yes. Stanley Cup. Yep. yep. So. Um, you know, but anyway, Grubauer was on the roster last year. You know, they basically said, you know, because they had got, you know, they gave him up in the in the expansion thing. They moved, mm-hmm. they moved on, um, and, and that's to get beat by him. Like, okay, well, that's kind of a strange thing. Um, I don't think they were healthy to the degree that they said they would be. I mean, obviously, Kale McCarr was out for a decent period of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and he got suspended then, in this series. He was out of game. Right. And, and you know, they had Arturi Lekkanen missed time, McKinnon missed time, uh, Nasurskin missed time. You just go down the lineup, they had guys that, that missed time during the year. Um, but it, I agree with what you're saying. It looked like they were sort of rounding into form, and 
uh, just really from the word go. Obviously, you know, Seattle won game one and, and just sort of, you know, right away had, sort of had, uh, you know, Colorado, or at least you would think kind of had their attention early in the series. And um, they have mastered the timely goals throughout this entire playoffs. It's It's pretty incredible. I'd love to see the Kraken take out the Stars. That's the second round series here. Um, like I said, right now they're up four to two. As we're recording they, this, they, they they're not as good of a team, but they kind of have that Vegas from a few years ago vibe of just like we're 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 just rolling here, and we're we're kind of just flying by the seat of our pants. We're new. We don't know any better. Um, they have a lot of guys in this postseason that it feels like they have to prove they're trying to prove something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm eager to see how this all shakes out. Yeah, I am too. Um, I think you got a lot of people though that will be cheering for them because of you know the, because of this story here. Uh, the other two series in the West, the Edmonton Oilers take out the L.A. Kings in six. They lost game one. They won four of the final five games. They the lone game they lost was on a controversial. Uh, play in overtime on a potential high stick. It, it certainly looked like uh, by the Kings that that didn't get called, and they, the Kings ended up scoring a goal and winning that game. Um, but Edmonton prevails. Goaltending, I think, is still the the key issue for this team. Uh, they, of course, can score goals in bunches. But as they're taking on uh, Vegas, who ousted Winnipeg in five, they lost the first game, won the final four games of that series, including a double overtime game, game three in Winnipeg. So you look at this Edmonton-Vegas series, This is I don't think Vegas is as good as they have been in years past. I think Edmonton's better, but I think goaltending again is just something that I think is going to be key for Edmonton moving on here. Um they need good goaltending because we know they're going to get there. We know they're going to score goals, but can they, can they stop Vegas's offense? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I, I really think uh, the way this is going, I think this is the Oilers, the Oilers year. Um, and that's the most dangerous thing anybody can say about the Oilers. Cause it just doesn't seem like um, it works out, but um, I don't think this. I think the Vegas team is fine, but I don't think this is one of their best teams either that we've seen from them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think the top of the Oilers lineup is firing on all cylinders. Now we can see that go away in in playoffs. Um, Certainly, it can go away at any moment. But the way they're going right now, it's it's incredible. I I, I, I do need to comp- I do need to divert just for a yeah, minute. Yes, we have to we have to talk about the Winnipeg Jets. Okay. And how it just feels like they they may be coming apart here, yeah. And it's amazing because uh, that was a one one series, I believe. And then the Jets were in it. They had the the game three that went to double overtime. They lost, and they just it seemed like they just came apart from there. They get to the end of the series. The coach Rick Bonus basically you know pushes back. He says there was no pushback in this series. The same crap we saw in February. As soon as we were challenging for first place and teams were coming after us, we had no pushback. The series, we had no pushback. Mm-hmm. Their players were were so much better than ours, it wasn't even close. Basically said they didn't have any pride. That comes at the end of the series. You have Blake Wheeler, the uh, the 36-year-old, uh, you know, former golfer, basically saying, hey, that I didn't think that, you know, I didn't appreciate the way, uh, the way you know, Bonus handled that. Come on, man. He, he had to have said that in the locker room more yeah. than once to the team. That's not something you just go to the media 
and say, just because you feel that way. Like, clearly there was some frustration of, like, I got these idiots in the dressing room. They're not giving me any fight. It's the reason we're out of the, the playoffs. I thought that was incredible. Bonus is not – he's not uh, being fired. It sounds like he's going to stay, but the Jets have some serious issues because, you know, they looked good. They were, you know, middle of the season, they looked, they looked solid, and it all kind of came apart in the playoffs too. So you got – you got a few teams in the Central Division that are scratching their heads here at the end of the playoffs: uh, Minnesota, Colorado, and, and Winnipeg. I'm really sad if if Winnipeg has to kind of blow things up and start over from scratch or fall fall apart. That would make that would just devastate me so. <laughs> well, I just I mean I I think they you know for a while there they they sort of fell ass into tea kettle, uh, you know, into some success, and mm-hmm. now it's it's becoming a lot tougher. And, um, you know, we, we talked about, you know, the trade that they had last year. They had Pierre-Luc Dubois. He didn't do much in these playoffs. Um, you know, they have basically one of the best goalies in the game, but, he you know, he can't do it on his own, and he wasn't as sharp as he, as he wanted to be. So it's just very interesting uh, what's happening up north there. It sure is. It sure is. Um, uh, so I think we both like Edmund – I like Edmonton against Vegas. It sounds like you do as well, correct? Yeah, I I, I do like Edmonton, yeah. It, it does seem to me now with Boston and Colorado out, and I'm not saying this because they were my Stanley Cup champ or my Stanley Cup final prediction, even though it is, and I think it would have been good for ratings uh, be, just because of the storylines, best team in hockey against the defending Stanley Cup champions. But now given what has transpired in the first round here, uh, and we'll move on to the East here in a second. But I think what we have here, I think the best potential matchup in the Stanley Cup final that we could have for the NHL's sake, it, it's crazy enough to say, but it would be Edmonton against Toronto. Even though, you know, there's be no teams from the United States, I think that would be, that's the best matchup the NHL could get. That's the one that's going to get the most ratings, the most eyeballs, because you got Connor McDavid against an original six team. Toronto, we know them. You know, they're 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 one of the most popular teams in the NHL, if not the most popular. But between the face of the NHL and Connor McDavid and the Leafs, that is the best matchup that the uh, that the NHL could ask for, or could wish for potentially here in the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, I'm thinking of what's still left. I don't think there's any good matchups from a rating standpoint mm-hmm. that are probably left. Seattle is an unknown. Vegas, I mean, it's Vegas, but that's you know that doesn't mean everybody's going to care about it. Dallas, you know, no. Um, so you you start working down the list. I, I I agree from like a a star power standpoint. I think it's the number one series. Um, I think 25, 30 years, whatever it's been of track record shows it's probably not going to happen. We're going to have at least one of those teams bow out before they get to the final, but I agree. I think it would be captivating stuff. Um, we don't really know what's going to happen. The first time in 19 years we've had the, the Leafs move on. So, I, yeah, it's interesting to see you know what might what might unfold here. In the, uh, in the Kraken Stars series, uh, not taking what we've seen through 20 minutes of play here as uh, you know, a determining factor, I'm going to take the Stars. I'm going to take them in five here to win this series. I think they just have too much power, uh, star power, uh, pun unintended there. Uh, the power play's too good. I think they have the better goalie. Uh, you wouldn't know that from the first period, but I, I'm going to take the Stars to win this series. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the stars are better. I'm, I'm, de- I was tempted to just take Seattle out of spite in this series, and and certainly they they look like they might be in good position to win Game One. But um, I think overall depth, Dallas, Dallas is a good team. They look like a good team in that first series. They lost Game One, you know, and that didn't that didn't seem to matter. So. Give me Dallas to advance uh, in this uh, this semifinal. I think you will find very few people in the state of Minnesota or in the Midwest that will be cheering for the Dallas Stars here as this postseason goes on. Maybe outside of what Lakeville, Minnesota, where Jay Gottinger's uh, from, so his family will be cheering for him. But other than that, no. Uh, turning to the East, we talked about Boston losing. Toronto wins their first playoff series since 2004, finally getting that monkey off their back. To do it in Tampa, again, you know, kind of exercising the demons, getting the boogeyman uh, away from them here because Tampa had stymied them in the playoffs multiple times, as had Boston. That had to feel really good for the Maple Leafs to be able to win that game, uh, win that series. And then also to have the New Jersey Devils win in, in seven games. We'll touch on that series a little bit more. But two of the teams, two of the four teams, I believe, that had the longest uh droughts of a playoff series win the Devils and the Maple Leafs that's gone now they win a series in the same postseason now the Wild will soon be on that list I think but uh incredible job by the Maple Leafs to to get through and and I think a lot of pressure is off their shoulders now yeah I think we've talked about the uh, you know the not make the playoff streak and I know the Sabres are pretty pretty high up on that list so they they gotta be. Uh, they gotta be. You know, waiting on their uh, their playoff success too. But I think it's the Sabers um, and Red Wings are the top two teams now. Yeah, and the Red Wings. I mean, that's pretty incredible too, considering you know years of automatic success, and now you mm-hmm. know they've, they've been on a pretty good drought um, in the East. So, yeah, I, I um, very impressed with Toronto. You know, basically, you know, it looked like they they weren't gonna back down. I think. Um, you know, this Tampa team was not, not the same as what they've been against some serious injuries, uh, this season. And, and, uh, I don't, you know, I think there's a factor of, uh, you know, they've played a lot of hockey, a lot of extra hockey the last three years and, uh, you know, maybe a little bit more tired, um, when this postseason came around, but all credit to, to Toronto, all credit to them to not let this series get to a seventh game where the pressure really would have built. Um, you could tell just by the celebration from the players and the, uh, you know, um, the uh, GM uh, Kyle Dubas that they they figured it out. They they let out some steam, and uh, now they get a chance to play a, another really good team uh, before they're they're able to move on. So um, it'll be interesting to see how how that series uh, you know works itself out. They they lose game one in the second round to Florida, so I think there might be some panic setting in again for Toronto Maple Leafs fans. Um, and I just from how petty of the Florida Panthers to say that uh, only US citizens can buy tickets. Um, you know, for Maple Leafs fans they'd have to buy it through like secondary markets or whatever. Uh, but like if you're reselling through Ticketmaster you can only resell to um, to fans in the United States, but I guarantee you there'll be a hell of a lot of Toronto fans down there in Miami, just like there were in Tampa. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I think the the uh, you know Canada to Florida connection is pretty significant. Um, I, I you know I just get the sense that uh, you get a lot of those folks from the the north that they're looking for the warm weather, and now they got the excuse with the uh, you know the 
the Toronto club, their favorite hockey team, still playing. They're going to make their way down there, and probably easier to get tickets in uh, Florida than it is to get a home game right now oh, uh, in Tor- yep. to Toronto, even with airfare. So, uh, yeah, they're not going to be afraid to uh, you know track those tickets down. Yep, they're going to they're going to pay a pretty penny for it. And I feel like when you when teams do stunts like this, it just encourages the fan the opposing team's fan base to do it more. I think of like the, the Rams when they tried to do it to the 49ers in the NFC Championship game a couple of years ago and the 49ers just packed the place. Uh, the Rams ended up winning, but um it's like you're just you're just uh, antagonizing that all, that other fan base and it ultimately I think kind of comes back and bites you in the butt because then they're just going to buy more and more tickets. Well, it's funny, especially, let's just use the Vikings as an example. You know, it's to be true with other teams in the NFL or other sports. You have season ticket holders from all over the place. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't just have season ticket holders in the Twin Cities or within a five or seven county area. You have ticket holders in, you know, Iowa, Minnesota, South Dakota. Ticket Season ticket holders not even in the state, you know. or yep. You know, and it's just, it's just, it's a really stupid, you know, it's really stupid philosophy. And, yeah, I do think it kind of encourages uh, you know, either fans from other teams to say, okay, we're going to get our hands on these tickets one way or the other. Or if you're just a fan who's like, well, the demand's going to be there. Yeah, I'm going to sell my tickets off. I don't care, you know, and, and you know, you might find a few extra tickets that are out there. So, yeah, it's 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 kind of a dumb ploy that we see teams try, and I, I, I don't think it works. You end up getting more bad publicity than anything. Hurricanes beat the Islanders in six games uh, when that series 4-2 the they the Hurricanes are really battling the injury bug right now. Uh, their offensive production is down. I don't see how they can. I think they were kind of lucky to advance past the Islanders. I think they were good enough to beat the Islanders, but I don't know if they can advance past the Devils here in this second round, uh, just given the amount of injuries that they have. But any takeaways from that Islanders Hurricane series? Yeah, it was probably the series I watched the least of. Uh, just you know, by pure, pure happenstance. Um, I still think Carolina is really good. Uh, they happen to be my pick in the East, mm-hmm. just as something different. Um, I, I think they're going to win this series against the Devils. I, I realize that the, the injuries are a factor, um, and the Devils, you know, kind of have this young core that is, is delivering in a major way for them. But um, Carolina's got a lot of experience, so I'm, yep. I'm still going to give them the edge. This may be a long series, though. And that Rangers-Devils series was just absolutely crazy. The Devils looked awful, games one and two, at home. I mean, granted, there were a lot of Rangers fans in attendance there. It's very close proximity between, what, Newark and, and New York City. But the the Rangers win both those games 5-1, to one, you're thinking they're going to kind of cruise on home ice. We're thinking maybe a sweep, but let alone, you know, the Devils coming back to, to win this series. And the Devils win games three and four. They switch uh, goalies to Schmid, and he played absolutely fantastic. He started the rest of the games in this series. They alternate winning uh, games uh, five and six on home ice, so they each team finally got a win on home ice. And then the Devils just took it to them in game seven. Truba with that big hit. Uh, the Devils get that 4 nothing win. Uh, Igor Shosturkin, Rangers goalie, got run into in that Game 7. There, there's so much going on here in this series. But I feel like now that the Devils kind of got through those first couple of games, they think that their speed is tops in the game and they can beat anyone with their speed. They certainly showed that against the Rangers team that 
I thought was going all in. They were going all for broke. You know, you get Patrick Kane, you get uh, who uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, I believe. Uh, yeah. They just the Rangers seemed like they were going all in, and that they could best the Devils based on the the experience that they had. And the Devils said, "Nope." Now that we've gotten under control here, we got our goalie switch. We're using our speed to to ultimately take you down. And it was an incredible job by the Devils. Yeah, I mean the Rangers. Patrick Kane looked kind of old, um, and they they just had some aspects that ne- that never really came uh, to fruition in this series. It, I I completely agree about the home and away split. It, it was you know very interesting, just kind of odd. Obviously, we see fluky things happen in the playoffs all the time, but. Um, for their you know, the first four games to be won by the road team, and then the last three when you you know you're looking for that win that's going to flip the series, it never shows up, and the home team wins each of those games. It's just uh, you know something else. Um, yeah, two two interesting teams. I think two you know uh, obviously this got a lot of play because you had the you know two teams twenty miles apart in the, the big metro market. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm eager to see how this shakes out going forward because I think you raised some, some fair points about, uh, about what might, uh, you know, be happening here with, uh, with, uh, you know, the devil's kind of feeling things a little bit. Yeah. And, and like I said, this, this goalie, you know, this, uh, Schmed, uh, is it Schmid or Schmed? Does it really matter? It's like You're, potato potato. Uh, it doesn't matter. We're good. Uh, I mean, He's just played outstanding. I think I, I think I saw the stat. He's one of ten rookie goalies to get two shutouts in a series in a single series in a single postseason. So uh, for Akiri Schmid to to do what he did is absolutely incredible. This Devils team, like I said, I think that I I just think based on how they've kind of regained their confidence or footing based on how they looked in the regular season and given. Carolina's injuries. I'm going to take the Devils over the Hurricanes here in advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. You sound like you're staking with the the Hurricanes. Um, what are we thinking here in the Maple Leafs Panthers series? I like the Leafs to move on. I think it's going to be a hard series. I think it's one that goes six or seven games. I would say it's going to go seven games. Um, so yeah, I've got the Leafs against the Hurricanes. I think they're the two best teams left, um, at least on paper. Should be a very fun second round. I think this was by far one of the craziest um, first rounds of the NHL playoffs weekend that we've seen in recent years. Just given, like I said, the the monumental historic upsets that were pulled off by Seattle and Florida. Uh, But this all goes back to the point of, can the NHL please just get rid of this damn divisional formatting and get us back to the standard one through eight? Please, please just do that. Uh, I think the Wild would end up having some success uh, because you wouldn't be playing the best teams in your own division. But the NHL needs to get away from this divisional format. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think they would they would prop this series, this playoffs, as being a reason not to do that. Yep. You know, you got you got the Rangers and Devils. You got uh, you know the Bruins get upset. You you had um, obviously the divisional matchups. The Wild and Stars just has some appeal appeal you know to those teams. Um, so I, I, I think there's, there's an element of that they're not going to want to change this. They've stuck with it this long. Yep. Gary Bettman kind of, kind of smug about it. Just saying, we're not going to, we're not going to change course. So I, I think we're stuck with this. Um, I thought this opening, this opening first round, 
uh, was a classic example. You saw some people online talking about it. Up. When your team's playing in these overtime games, uh, it is the worst thing yes. ever. And we saw that. We saw that in game one uh, with the Wild going to double overtime. But when you're just a neutral observer watching these games, it's great. It's absolutely great. So um, you like to be that neutral, and I guess for us, we're neutral now the rest of the series sure. or this playoffs, and I guess we can just enjoy these games that go down to the wire and, and have these you know incredible you know changes late. So um, we'll, we'll ride it out and see how it all shakes, shakes free. I would argue that there's nothing better in sports than Game 7 overtime hockey because it's that one last goal wins the series, could win the cup. I mean, one goal decides it. You don't. There's no additional playing time. It's not five minutes, and like in basketball, it's not like uh, in in baseball. If you score a run in the top of the tenth, it's over. Nope. Um, there's nothing better in sports than Game Seven overtime playoff hockey. Yeah, this is maybe. The, I mean, this is one of those. This is the last kind of frontier in pro sports where it actually is sudden death, sudden death overtime. Yep. We don't. Yeah, you know, we don't have that anymore in the NFL. Uh, obviously, baseball is the way it is, and uh, like you said, there's always time left in basketball. You know, in some some way, shape, or form. So, well, even in the soccer, major, of the major sports, this is kind of it. This is a rare, rare breed. Yep, and even in soccer, with extra time, someone scores a goal, you still play the the remaining of that extra time. So, yeah, right, and then, you know, yeah, even if you win on the last kick of the game, I mean, there there could be you know ten seconds left, twenty seconds left. So, yeah, it's it's amazing what that that uh, drama that's created when it's next goal wins, man, uh, it's it's something else. It is. It is. Uh, Marcus, I it, unless do you have anything else before we uh, uh, say so long for the week? We've had this we've had this be a long uh, long interaction, so I think I'll let you I'll let you end it there. All right, that sounds good. I appreciate the time as always, and uh, looking forward to chatting with you uh, maybe next week. And certainly as the NHL playoffs continue, we'll we'll have a lot to talk about here. But uh, uh, sucks that the Wild lost, but what what incredible playoffs we've seen so far. I mean, we're used to the Wild losing, yeah. so like we 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 can move on. We we'll find a way to to forge ahead. But yeah. It, it is a great time of the year when, when you love the sport. Jordan Addison, that's what we can turn our attention to. Jordan Addison of the Minnesota Vikings. There we go. It's The training camp's right around the corner. Yeah, it is. It is. You know, the Twins in there, too. Did you like the Jordan Addison pick? I, you know, I made the point to a couple friends that, like, you you you, uh, you draft a wide receiver, you draft an offensive, offensive guy, and a lot of people are pretty disappointed uh, because you didn't really feel like you solved a need. Now, you look at how good Jordan Addison is, how good he may fit in next to Jordan Jeff or Justin Jefferson, um, and this offense, and I think it has the potential to be pretty good. But uh, I think I, I mean I, they needed defense. They had so few picks um, that I thought they were going to go defense. And you know we did our little mock draft. I'm glad they didn't take the quarterbacks. I think yep. you know, that was perfectly fine to take that approach and. Um, at the end of the day, I'm I'm cool with it. I think their offense is going to be great. The challenge is just going to be come stop us, and we'll try to outscore you. But um, yeah, I, I was a little kind of shaking, scratching my head there for a minute. Like, okay, it's the right thing to do, but um, you got to trust this new regime a little bit more. Uh, they've used a lot of picks on defense mm-hmm. overall, and I think they probably look at last year as like uh, we didn't have some of our picks play or at least to the degree that we thought they would. So 
Hopefully they're ready to go this year. We don't have dumbass Donatel as the defensive coordinator anymore. We got uh, a guy that knows what he's doing. And so I uh, am Brian Flores, and let's just see if our defense is going to be better on that alone. Brian Flores is a true X factor here, and that's why I think they're going to get the most out of this defense here, regardless of who's playing in it. Here they will be better than last year. Not sure if it'll be substantially better, but they will be better. And you have to replace Adam Thielen. Get some more depth in there. And I think Jordan Addison will do that here. So I really like the pick. I wish I wish Jackson Smith and Jigba would have fallen to them or they could have maybe traded up. But ultimately, they get a good guy. They get some corners in there. Uh, maybe the heir apparent to Kirk Cousins. We'll see. Um, but overall. Well, here's the thing that I find funny. And I don't think we talked about this, but... You know, Adam Thielen got let go, and you had the complaining from his wife uh, oh, yeah. on Twitter about or Instagram, whatever, about how he didn't get you know the opportunity to show the new regime what he was worth. He got like eighty targets last year. Yeah. If you put those 80, 80 targets in Jordan Addison's hands, I think we're going to be all right. Like, I think he's he's going to be a player that can make some plays. So I'm eager to see how that shakes out. Um, I feel good after the draft about, I think the Wild, or excuse me, the Wild, the Vikings are like plus 330 to win the division. The Lions are the favorite still. Um, and and honestly, if you think that the, if you think the Packers are going to be good, the odds are good for the Packers right now. I know there's one place that had the Bears ahead of the Packers and had the Packers fourth. Um, so I, I, I'm not ready to buy the Lions. I think if the Lions had a chance to, to do a great job defensively, make this draft great they had two kind of head scratchers of picks in the first round i think jack campbell might be fine but taking a running back man like that's a that's a risky thing and i know that jameer gibbs was you know a guy that a, you know, a lot of teams would love to have but do you want to take him uh you know 10th or whatever they yeah. took him i mean that was that was kind of crazy i i have completely agree and i i mentioned this to travis earlier I said, like the detroit lions had a chance to take a a firm grasp, a grip of the NFC North and saying, okay, everyone's going to chase us now with the, with their two first round selections. They didn't take players at the, that I think can make the greatest impact that they could have otherwise done. So I think between what the Vikings did, I, I don't think that the, the gap between the Lions and the Vikings is not nearly as wide as the Lions could have made it. So in a way, Detroit doing Detroit things. No question about it, man. It's going to be crazy. It's, it'll be fun ride here. NFL schedule comes out next week. I'm working on that right now, so uh, we'll look forward yeah, to let me know. Let me know, what, let me know what you end up having about the, the Vikings and how many primetime games. I'm excited. I am I am anticipating three to four, but we'll we'll see. We'll have the final one next week. I'll talk to you about it next weekend. Uh, or next Sounds week good. About that. So, uh, Marcus, appreciate the time as always. Uh, have a great rest of your week. Enjoy the NHL playoffs, and we'll talk next week. All right, take care, Stackin'. Sounds good. Thank you, Marcus. Marcus Traxler, Mitchell Daily Republic, kind enough to join me here. Great stuff. As always, there are a lot to react to from the NHL playoffs. We reacted a lot to the NFL draft. A long podcast again this week. We appreciate you listening, as always. Follow Marcus on Trax, uh, Marcus on Twitter, at Marcus Traxler. Uh, find this podcast available on podcast.com and on iTunes. Just search the sports block. Follow me on Twitter at NDStackin. Facebook, Nathan Stackin. The link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. Uh, so for all of us here at the Sports Block Podcast, uh, appreciate you listening. As always, hope you listen again next week. We'll talk about the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, the Twins, 
Uh, we'll talk some NFL schedule predictions. I'll have my NFL schedule out by that time or uh, have it, it where I think what teams are going to get primetime games and whatnot. And I'll have the official uh, Vikings schedule here that I always predict yearly. So that'll be coming up next week. So definitely uh, tune in for that one. Uh, but for all of us here at the Sports Block Podcast, have a great rest of your week. And we'll talk to you next week on another edition of the Sports Block Podcast.